forever. Dog. All right, Tom, you ready to do this? Yeah, I am ready. Let's freaking I'm ready do to do it. the best show. What's up, everybody? One second, one oh, second. Oh, I'm going to give you a three, two, one. Three, two, one. Three, two, one. And then what happens after one? Wait, what happens after one? What? It's me. Huh? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the best show. Uh, not welcome back. Welcome to the best show. It's me, Tom. Tom Sharpling, your co- uh, Not your co-host. No co-host here. Tom and only Tom. And others. Sure. Okay. Fine. Welcome to the show, my friends. How are you tonight? I want to welcome everybody from uh, the armed forces to the program. Everybody from uh, King Biscuit Flower Hour, who's listening. Uh, Voice of America, both the network and the Sammy Hagar album. I want to welcome all of all of you. Uh, this is the best show. My name's Tom, and we got a fun one for you tonight. We're going to have, we're going to talk to uh, Kid Congo Powers, who has a book out. And look, we can hold books up now as if it's like a freaking, as if it's like freaking talk show. Look at that. Some new kind of kick, Kid Congo Powers. What a book. What a book. This book rules. I'm serious. And I can't wait to talk to him all about amazing stories. Gun Club, Nick Cave and Bad Seeds, The Cramps. Get ready. We're going to talk all about it. Then we're going to have a live set from Wand, Drag City Recording Artists, Wand. One of my favorite bands going. They've got a new live album coming out, I believe, next week. They've got a live album coming out next week on Drag City. And they are one of the best live bands you're ever going to see. And we're going to have them live in studio. And it's going to be exciting. Then I believe later in the show, a little other thing. I think Damien from Effed Up is going to call in and, and say hi for a minute. So that's a full show. That's a full show. But none of it happens till I say those magic words. Those magic words. Let's start the best show. Those were the magic words. Best show. Best. Down, you'll feel all right, you'll feel all right. Over on the best show. Over on the best show. 
welcome to the best show. My name is Tom Sharpling, and we've got a fun show tonight. The phone number, 201-989-0012. Calls might not be as forthcoming tonight as they were last week, or because we got a lot of things going on. Um, So you got to have some patience if you call in. Might sit on hold for a while, but we will get to you. So maintain your patience, please. That's all I ask. That's all I ask of you. Maintain your patience, huh? What did we just hear? Kid Congo and the Pink Monkey Birds from their album, Dracula Boots, Funky Fly. Always great, Kid Congo powers. We're going to talk to Kid Congo in a little bit. Right now, though, how far did we get on the map when we did the Bruce Springsteen of each uh, each uh, state? I believe we had four open states. Pat, are you here? I'm here. Pat, where are we at with the map? Let's see here. I see Tennessee. Tennessee. Um Mississippi and Vermont Tennessee. look like the only uh, okay. missing spots. Let's go real fast on this. Tennessee, um, Tennessee. what are we thinking? What are we thinking with Tennessee? Uh, John, mm-hmm. John Old Cash? Yeah, we were, we were debating where to put Elvis, whether he should be Nevada, Mississippi, El- or Tennessee. Elvis might end up being like... Um, like Stevie wonder in a way where I know he's from, I know Memphis was where he called home, but Elvis is kind of a worldwide guy in a way. I don't want to, you know what I mean? Even though sadly he didn't get to tour the world. Yeah. He did not get to tour the world. Um, Dolly Parton for Tennessee, right? You're saying Dolly Parton for Tennessee. Yeah. What about, uh, uh, what about Justin Timberlake? Um, yeah, let's just go Dolly Parton. Let's go Dolly Parton. Dolly right. Parton for Tennessee. What's that? Feels right. Does feel right, my AP Mike. Good to hear from you. <laughs> yeah. This guy's this guy's sitting pretty with this freaking <laughs> Giants. <laughs> yeah. Now we go to Vermont. Yikes. Yeah, that's terrible. Vermont's a rough one. It's going to be fish, right? It ain't going to be Trey Anastasio. That's what I have. I ain't picking him. <laughs> Reluctantly. I ain't picking Trey Anastasio. There's slim pickings up there now. Yeah. But here's the thing. Bruce Springsteen can represent a lot of of characteristics. It doesn't have to be a musician. The, the rule book ain't saying nothing about it's got to be a musician. What well, about Bernie Sanders for Vermont? I get it. And opens up a whole other can of worms. Yeah, because then I'm going to get Pete. Then if I make Bernie Sanders Vermont, I'm going to want to make Ted Cruz Texas, and then <laughs> we're going to yeah. do Marjorie Taylor Green for where does it end? Georgia. Where does it end? Thank you, Mike. Where does it end? Uh, let's go with uh, King Tough. King Tough. T U F F. He's from Vermont. He represents Vermont on there. What's the other state left? We just got Mississippi. We did New Mexico. New Mexico, NV. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. 
Where are we at? Where are we at? NV, NV. This is that's kind Nevada. of chaotic. That's Nevada. Order, but, Nevada's uh, NV, Pat. Nevada's NV. Oh, sorry. N, sorry. NM. Excuse N-M. me. NM. Yes. Yeah. Although I did know how to spell tough to you. You did. Yes. I just uh, <laughs> wanted to make sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> two points for that. Yeah. Two points. For two that. points. Thank you. Thank you. My, <laughs> two points. Mike's for, well aware. For I was struggling score. over yeah. here. Is okay. it tough? Um, I guess no. I we don't we have N- Mexico. N- I don't think we did New Mexico. We don't have NM. Um, yikes! It's this is some this is some rough stuff. Mike, any thoughts on New Mexico? I had uh, John Denver. Didn't we do him already? Uh, yeah, I guess he's he straggles Colorado, I guess, or something. We're gonna. He's 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 in for Colorado. Well, guess what? Yeah, he's but in I think he New was Mexico born in Mexico. Also. So I mean, we're, New Mexico. We're putting so him for. Him. They we're going to make a switcheroo. He represents New Mexico. Uh, Colorado now goes to somebody else. Who do we want? Had much wind and fire for uh, Colorado. You know, might have to go with. Uh, we might have to go with Earth, Wind, and Fire. Well, well, wait. Why not then center it on on uh, Philip Bailey? Yeah, let's go with Philip Bailey from Earth, Wind, and Fire. From from Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yes. yes. Yeah. Let's go with Earth, Wind, and Fire. With uh, Philip Bailey represents Colorado now, and then that leaves what state? Let's see here. Well, I don't, did the whole. Hold on, I got to make sure we got fifty here because <laughs> New, Me- New Mexico. I just had to add at the bottom. Okay. So. Um, but yeah, you guys can think on Mississippi. That's the only blank spot. While I just count this up and double check our math here. I mean, I had a toss up between Robert Johnson and Elvis. So we always could do Jimmy Buffett from Mississippi. (laughs) Is that where he's from? Apparently. I think every state might deny where that there's Jimmy Buffett's from there. Like not our problem. Maybe we do Elvis for, for Mississippi. Because that's where he was born, right? Yeah. But he didn't rep Mississippi. That's the thing. No, he didn't really rep it. But I'm saying Robert Johnson because he's such a, an iconic yeah, I think musical. We, I think maybe we go with... Uh, I mean, yeah, his, his, lo- his life with, was cut short, but... Uh, maybe we go... Looms large. Yes. Yeah, maybe we go with Robert Johnson. Um. Yeah, that might work. That would my work. All for right, me. so we actually have quite a few left. We have one, okay. well, how about, two, look, three, four, we'll five, do. six, seven, seven, seven spots after this. Okay, one. so then this is what we're going to do. We'll do those very soon. We got. We just filled in a bunch. And we'll fill in a bunch more throughout the show today. By the time the show ends, this map's going to be done. But Pat, if you get the, if you can figure out which ones we still owe, and tell me later, that would be great. You got it. Okay. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Pat. And we got, uh, it's very exciting. Very exciting. This is a show. This is one for the ages. This is one for the ages. Um, Is, is it, are we good to go here? Are we good to go? Do I unmute? I'm going to unmute. Now, beep. Oh, look at that already. Already one of the best guests I've ever had. 
because let me just say this first of all first of all we have a famous person on the line uh let me just do the thing famous person on the line famous person on the line here we go person on the line now usually this show is a cavalcade of uh of nobodies come on the show it's rare that it's like a four-leaf clover when we get a top-notch a-list legend on the show and we have such a guest tonight this guy imagine if you were in the cramps you'd you'd dine out on that till the end of time but imagine if you were in gun club you'd dine out on that till the end of time what if you were in nick cave in the bad seeds this guy was in all of them and he's got so many other things he's got kid congo the pink monkey birds one of my favorite bands and now he has a new book called some kind some new kind of kick welcome to the show kid congo powers how are you I'm good. Thanks for having me here. Oh, it's such a thrill. And, and I thought I was, but I was thinking about Mississippi and maybe that could be Bobby Gentry. She Bob- had the song Mississippi Delta. They go M I double S I double S I double P I. That's how I learned how to spell it from the Bobby Gentry song. Pat kid Congo has spoken. It's Bobby Gentry from Mississippi. <laughs> Done. Thank you, sir. Yes. Let me just. My pleasure. Of course. Look, you're already paying dividends by having you on the show. Within 90 seconds, <laughs> you're already you're fixing the program. <laughs> how how is this happening? Um, I read the book, some new kind of kick. It is, it's a beautiful, funny, heart wrenching book. Congratulations on writing a book this this impressive truly amazing oh thank you well thank you yeah for that <laughs> now what when did you feel it was finally time to take your story and put it down on the page well uh, the thing is i started writing it actually the first scribbling and idea came in around 2006 and so it's been a long, uh, a long gestation period to do it. Um, I was in no hurry to, to do it. I, I thought it would be really easy because a friend of mine uh, had done a uh, exhaustive interview and made a timeline for me. And I said, like, oh, look, this is a timeline for a book. I, you know, I'll but, just fill in the blank. And that's Jonathan Tobin. But then Jonathan Tobin of New York Night Train. And it actually is still up on, on, on the web on New York Night Train uh, uh, website. And, it's, uh, and uh, so, yeah, so he uh, was putting out a record of mine before he was a world famous DJ. He was an entrepreneur of uh, indie music. And he, he was going to start a label to put out all of his friends who couldn't get record deals. Mm-hmm. And uh, one, of, one of which was me. Okay. And, uh, and, and so he... Uh, did and he thought well people know you were in, now i'm impersonating him people uh-huh. know you were in the in the cramps and they know you were in the gun club and they know you're in the bad seas but a lot of people don't know that you were in all three of those and so he was he took on the task of uh you know mapping it out for the uh the the, the 2006 uh audience of, of the internet 
And, okay. uh, and that, that was the beginning. And, uh, and then I, uh, put it down several times. I went to writing classes. I, uh, got uncomfortable and wanted to throw it in the garbage. It, it scared me. I jumped out of my chair. Each time it scared me, I like jumped out of my chair and then, uh, said, I have to make a record mm-hmm. and go on tour for a year. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it turned out and, to be uh, a, pr- a pretty good motivator so, for the music was to, oh, yeah, yeah. to run got, from the book. All the, yeah, I had I had lyrics already to go and everything. Mm. Um, so, uh, so 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 that was that was you know. So it, it took a while, and then um, you know, and then I started in earnest. I had a first draft, and then in earnest started editing and saying like, okay, I was working with the editor, and they they said like, oh, you're not telling everything here, and I was like, oh shit. You know, <laughs> caught, and uh, and then we started the long, the long slog to uh, uncovering all of the, the uh, the deeper layers. Well, you certainly and, uncovered and, them. I'd be if you had deeper layers <laughs> beyond this book, I would be very concerned because <laughs> I don't know how you could go much deeper. Um, yes, it it's really there's so many exciting parts of it and following your journey through all of these, Mm. through all of these musical acts and through all of these eras is such a, such a, just a, it's breathtaking to just get all of these eras brought to life, whether it's the tail end of the sixties or just what it was like to be a young person in Los Angeles when the seventies were blowing Mm -hmm. up all the way straight through the book ends in I w- what the, the late nineties. Is that was like 97? Yeah. 97. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah well, so yeah. So yeah, that's a, that's a, a long time. It's a, it's a very long <laughs> time. One of the most, I thought one of the most uh, impressively written parts was when you talked about the Ramones, your first exposure ah. to the Ramones, because you saw a picture first, and that's what it was like before the internet. I'm not trying to sound like grandpa here, but it just is how it was. Uh, You'd often back in my day. Back, I'm not doing that, but back in my day, it kind of was like that, where you'd read about a band. You'd see a picture. I can't tell you how many months it took me before I finally got to hear what Can sounded like. After hearing, yeah. I knew I knew about Can. And then finally, it's like, well, mm-hmm. this is this is going to be the best thing I ever heard when I actually get to hear what can sound like. And Noi and those bands were just, you had to oh, hunt yeah. it down. But you knew when that, you saw a picture of the Ramones is where it started for you. Yeah, and you knew it was going to sound amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was like uh, someone, people that you never saw before, but they, it was all so familiar too. You know, and they had such attitude in the photo. It was like, you know, how can this not be amazing? You know, and, mm-hmm. and so when I got the record, it was beyond whatever I could imagine. It was funnier and dumber and more advanced in a weird way. It was mm-hmm. like super art, art, artful in its simplicity and exciting, exciting. And you just wanted to. I, I just started laughing and like falling over on my bed and dancing mm-hmm. around. It was yeah. a pretty incredible, uh, incredible thing, you know, to go from this picture to sound. And, uh, 
and of course they became my favorite uh band forever sure and my forever favorites now here's here's something i've always i've asked ramones fans over the years you tell me what you thought of it when when joey sings on the first record about texas chainsaw massacre he says massacre <laughs> right do you think he because bugs uh-huh. bunny said massacre when he would say massacre do you think he said that in real in his real life? I'm just wondering if he got that um, from Bugs Bunny. Do you think? Oh, I think he could have definitely got it from Bugs Bunny. Yeah, like just mispronouncing <laughs> you know, they massacre. Were com- they, they were com- yes, <laughs> and I, I had to rhyme with they took my baby from me. Yes, so, <laughs> so <laughs> you play the, the Bugs Bunny card massacre. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. They and, were they were a cartoon come to life, and they didn't even have to try. And, you know, so they were it was it was amazing. And seeing them live was just the same. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like the first time I saw them live. You know, uh, they were they'd start playing, and then they mess up the song, and they start screaming at each other. <laughs> and then at one point, Joey like got, lost his balance and like was swaying from back and forth, side to side, and finally just tumbled over and back into the drums. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know? One time I saw them play at an outdoor festival, and uh, actually I think they didn't even end up playing, and I was at the sound check, and they were they were, and Didi kept getting shocked every time he went to the mic. You know, it was it was he was not grounded, mm-hmm. so he kept getting shocked. He's kind of like, "Oh man, I'm getting shocked!" And then Joey, yeah, and then Johnny yelled at him like, "It's good for you. <laughs> it's good. It's good for you to get electrocuted over and over." Just, yes. Mm. <laughs> so they were. That was a real thing. They were hilarious. That is so funny. <laughs> I, I'm friends with. Uh, Dave Windorf, who was in the band Shrapnel mm. back then, who yeah yeah he was a kid in a New Jersey like yeah and he was just a a dopey New Jersey kid who he played mm-hmm. endless shows with the Ramones back back then yeah. and Johnny gave yeah. him advice one time he said kid this is how you tour he said you get yourself a briefcase and it's empty. And you put the money in the briefcase and you don't leave the road until the briefcase is full. Oh, wow. <laughs> he said That's some pretty good advice. <laughs> yeah. And he said, when the briefcase you is, might, but, but if, but if you're getting $50 a night, <laughs> yeah. that's going to take a while. <laughs> or you get a very small briefcase. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It turned uh, into a fanny pack. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, maybe a little more of a fanny pack <laughs> than a briefcase, but still, you know, six of one. Yes. But he um yes. and he said when the briefcase is full, then you go home. So mm. um Well, there you go. So for to there this might sound like a strange question or a weirdly uh bizarre question. What it, what does it feel like? The because each band has a different identity, a different power, a different a different everything. Mm-hmm. They're very they're wildly different bands. Even though there is there's a common thread through them, they're still wildly different bands. Mm-hmm. Gun Club, Cramps, and then Bad Seeds. 
Like, what did it mm-hmm. feel like to be in the cramps, to be on a stage actually? Because you know what it felt like to receive the music of the cramps as a fan, because you were a fan first. Yeah. What was it like to be the one making that music? Like, what what was that? What did that power feel like? Terrifying. Uh, you know, it was it was a uh, scary because. I had only been playing guitar for a year, so I felt like I didn't know how to play guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but really, you know, they they believed in me, so that was that was enough. And and as it turned out, I did know how to play. But um, you know, there were uh, it was a magical, weird. It was a, a weird power, and it was really something like you know separate from the rest of reality. You know, mm-hmm. and, and you can say this about bands, but the Cramps at a really special thing, you know, Lux Interior was like a magician really, and or a guru or something, you know, and he would do things that were incredible. Like I couldn't, I couldn't believe sometimes what was going on, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if I wrote this in the book or not, but one time I was, uh, you know, playing and I looked over and there was a, you know, new wave girl on stage with a, you know, Catholic school girl shirt and, and leotard on, and she was dancing and jumped on stage to dance. And I really looked down t- to my neck to see if I was hitting the next right chord mm-hmm. and looked up again. And suddenly Lux was wearing this skirt, <laughs> shimming like her, and she was there in her leotard. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, how does that happen in one second? You know, <laughs> you know, uh, also, you know, he was, he was a daredevil. He was just a, a, a great magical person, you know, with mm-hmm. such power and such, uh, yeah, otherworldly uh, uh, charms and, and charisma. And uh, yeah, it was hard to explain, you know, and, and I was that was my first foray into actually, you know, playing in front of more than 10 people, you know, yeah. and, 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 and recording for the first time. Even that was a ritualistic uh uh, thing to do, you know, and, uh, and, and there were uh, man, many amazing things going going on with them. There was a lot of magic. Yeah, sure. and, and magic is a recurring theme through the book, and it's a recurring uh, theme in terms of your own self-identity, I guess you could say, because for mm-hmm. a long time, you, it seemed like you, you didn't have the highest... Uh, self-esteem or regard for what you brought to the table necessarily. But yes. And I just feel like, but what you were bringing to the, like, and this, this might sound strange. You're one of the people when you play, there's the, one of the highest percentages of you coming out through your instrument it's so distinct and it's so it's just like it's it's only only you could do what you do when you play and it's clearly you and it's like a one to one what's in your head comes out through the amp yeah yeah thank you well first of all thank you for saying such a nice thing and um you know the i set out to um I guess I reached my goal if you're saying that, but I set out to uh, be, you know, I thought I want to be an expressionist kind of guitar player. Mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't really wanting to be uh, 
Steve Howe and Yes or or anything like that. Or, sure. You know, I didn't want to go <laughs> all over the place. Mm-hmm. I I I was really a fan. I mean, this is I was a fan of the Ramones. You know, very basic slabs of sound, um, and you know, and that definitely expressed a complete attitude and world uh you know and and the cramps you know brian gregory's playing was uh completely uh, uh like you know a jackson pollock you know mm-hmm. type type of playing you know i loved pat place and the contortions and james chance and the contortions mm-hmm. she was just playing slide guitar and this completely expressionistic way and and it was the same thing and so those are my kind of idols and um and 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 i just set out to say like okay well that that's a way to play and uh and that's what i want to do and uh and i um i guess i achieved it and and went uh and uh and i, I don't see any reason not to uh you know to, to keep doing it mm-hmm. <laughs> i guess yeah no, it, I actually, I don't know. I don't know what happens when I put a guitar in my hand. That that's actually the truth. But that, that's kind of instinctual. But that's the magic to me is that you're yeah. not you're not you're not taking the watch apart necessarily to figure out yeah. what's going on here. You're you you are you are it. No, so. I suppose so. Yeah. No, it's really, you know, um, but, but I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm really happy. You know, there, there have been times that I, in my, in my playing guitar, you know, 40 years of playing guitar, you know, um, there has been times where I thought like, Oh, I really should learn how to play in standard tuning and learn all of this, you know, you know, or maybe I'll never get a job again. You know? <laughs> but then I was like, then I'm like, no, those are, those are momentary like ideas, but they're not, they're not really, they wouldn't serve me very well, you know, mm-hmm. to, to do that. So, you know, so off we go. Yeah. Opening tuned guitar. Yeah. Look, when you do it that way, you have the seek. Nobody can figure out what you're doing. They can't, they can't take it from yeah. you because you can't explain it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, well, they can have, I would hope more people would learn this language. Mm-hmm. No, it, it's it's really amazing. Your your playing has always served the larger purpose to me. If that makes sense, you're not. Mm. It's not about watch me do my thing. It's about here's what we are doing, and you. Yeah. Um. There's a sentence. And, and musicians. Yeah. yeah. In your book, you talk about when you went to go get married in Las Vegas, and. Yeah, maybe the, this might be one of the best single sentences in any book ever. <laughs> now, for people who don't know, Circus Circus is a casino in Las Vegas that's kind of it's, it's seen better days, and it's it's kind of where I think Hunter Thompson, uh, Fear and Loathing, a lot of it took place at Circus Circus. For, to give you context, oh, wait, well, I'm, I'm going to interject one thing that mm-hmm. I was actually just staying across the street from Circus Circus okay. days ago. Really? I looked at it. Yeah, it was a little worse for wear, I will say. Yeah. I know Vince <laughs> Neal from Molly Crew has a restaurant there. And one mm. of the things on the on their menu, they have a 40-ounce drink that they serve in a plastic toilet. 
that okay. you can get. <laughs> they'll fill the toilet up with booze, and but they are they're always out of the toilet. Anytime I've gone there, they're like, "Yeah, we're out of the toilets." So oh, it's in high demand. It might be high. It's in high demand, or. Or it doesn't really exist. Yeah, or incredibly low demand, and they just never ordered more. Exactly. <laughs> yes, but, more. <laughs> but here, here's this sentence you said. We figured we'd get married by a clown at Circus Circus. That proved not to be possible. Now, here's the best sentence I've ever read in my life. The clowns at Circus Circus, we discovered, did not double as ordained ministers. <laughs> Which it's, it, was, it, was a, it was a reality check <laughs> it, of a grand fantasy we had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the book you you talk so much about Los Angeles and just being being a fan in Los Angeles as as a kid and. Going from that to becoming in one of the bands, did you think you had it in you to take that leap? Because it it seemed like you could have been comfortable being a fan, writing about music. Mm -hmm. Like that definitely could have been the Mm -hmm. road you went down. Yes, it could have been. But uh, Jeffrey Lee Pierce, who I was a weird kid I met, uh, just flat out said, oh, we're going to have a band and you're going to be in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was so taken aback that I said yes. Uh, but also that he um, he believed I could do it. So I thought, mm-hmm. if he believes it, then maybe I should try to believe it, you know, and, and try it at least. And, uh, and, and um, immediately we... I think we it was a little diabolical at first, but uh, we quickly, you know, made something. You know, Jeffrey was great. He, you know, he had songs already, and um, and uh, and he was also patient. You know, he knew mm. what to do with me. You know, and he knew I couldn't play and that I was going to stronk along until something happened. You mm. know, and he just and he knew. You know, he knew that. Yeah, he, the first record he gave me, he said, like, okay, first thing you do with the guitar is tune it to open E because blues players play slide like that. Mm-hmm. And then you can just then listen to Bo Diddley's A Gunslinger. Uh, it's one chord and it's the most amazing song. Mm-hmm. And that, that became my, my template. So, you know, for everything. And then I, I learned how to play a Bo Diddley beat. And um, a little backwards, but I learned how to play it, and mm-hmm. uh, and that was it. I was like, I'm hooked. Mm-hmm. When when did you realize the 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 breadth of Jeffrey Lee Pierce's talent and vision? Because you were just two you were two goofy kids uh, at that. But starting off, you're just two music fans. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, pretty much like when I heard his songs, I was like, wait a minute, you know, this guy knows what he's doing. And also, um, I actually had seen um, his previous band, which was called The Red Lights. And uh, check it out. There's a there's a record of their demos out on in the red. And um, and those were, you know, kind of a power pop 
sort of band mm-hmm. and really advanced. And you can really hear the the style of Jeffrey Lee Pierce in those songs. So, um, you know, he was, he wanted to be, you know, instead of a power pop band, he wanted a more kind of post-punk uh, experimental kind of band, you know, mm-hmm. that was the thing. And we really wanted to like, you know, mix up genres in the way we saw like the cramps, do with the rockabilly and psychedelic music or or the or james chance and the contortions with like james brown and albert eiler yeah. you know it was uh, you know done in punk style you know so it was all um yeah you know, the mashup and the alchemy was 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 where we were at and we you know jeffrey was a, a reggae writer for slash magazine reviewed all the reggae records and you know we were into dub and we were into many things you know other than punk punk mm-hmm. We actually met at a Para Ubu concert. If that will tell you anything, you yeah. Know? And, uh, and 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 uh, you know, we were into the more experimental. You know, we wanted to hear something different. We wanted to be something different than just a just a, a, a regular rock band. You know. Yeah. But you know, we took we took we took the the regular rock template of, of blues and and and, uh, and rock and roll, and you know, and made try to disjoint it a bit <laughs> stretch it out yeah yeah you because know, nostalgia was definitely not on the cards you mm-hmm. know no we would have just been a bar band or something well that and and that's one we of the things been. that that is a, a common thread through your career also is there's an a knowledge of what the what has happened and what what is in the past mm-hmm. but it's never been it's never been a revival nostalgia thing there's always one foot is put is taking a huge step forward to see what's next while still having a foot in in the best of what has been established yeah well you know it's a way to keep things exciting mm-hmm. and interesting for you and for people who listen to music, you know, yeah. like people want to hear something they haven't heard before, you know, and, and if you don't spread your wings, you're grounded, baby. Yeah. You know, you're not going to go anywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that, you know, it's, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a gamble each time you do that, mm-hmm. you know, like when the last Pink monkey birds record, you know, we did a 14 minute, you know, you know, jazzy, you know, uh, Chicano rock groove song, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, we were like, Oh, no one's going to listen to a 14 minute long song. You know, <laughs> what are we now we've done it. You know? <laughs> but of course it got, a, it got a great reception. We mean, we loved it. We knew it was good. Yeah. You know, you you know, know what you're doing. But still, you know, but, but we were breaking type mm-hmm. you know, by doing that. Yeah. And it was met with a great, great response. And, yeah. I, I love the Pink Monkey Birds records. Is there is what's what's uh what's coming up for the band? Do you have plans? Uh, well, we have to. We're going to record a new a new uh, album sometime, sometime. Okay, hopefully sooner than later. But right now, I mean, just this last week, I had uh, two albums come out that weren't the Pink Monkey Birds. One is uh, with a project I'm doing called the Wolf Manhattan Project. Mm-hmm. And that's with. Um, um, Mick Collins, who's in the Gories and the Dirt Bombs, mm-hmm. and uh, and Bob Burt, who is in Pussy Galore, Sonic yes. Youth. He's playing with John Spencer right now. Yeah, and 
And so we have a, a super group. We've been together 10 years. This is our second album. And I think we've played about five times. Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a very specialized, but I'm hoping we play out because this album is great. So we have a, a rec, an album out. It's only out digitally right now. It'll be coming out in, in the, in the, in the real form of vinyl uh, next year. Okay. When, when vinyl, when the vinyl supply catches up. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, then, and then I have uh, also last week is a, another album that I did um, right before the pandemic, a live album in uh, Australia. And that was with a band called uh, Harry Howard and the near death experience. And Harry Howard is the, is the brother of Roland S. Howard who wow. was in the okay. birthday party and uh, these immortal souls, crime mm-hmm. and solution, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and Harry has played with Roland in all of these incarnations. And he has his own band that is amazing with a few, few great out, al- really a great albums uh, worth checking out. And, uh, and I saw them play in Australia. We played together and, uh, and so I was going, I got asked to go to Australia to play for Kim Salmon of The Scientist, a very mm-hmm. nice, dear friend of mine. And he was having a book coming out and he was having a book launch party concert. And he said, oh, would you come and do, and do it? And I said, of course. But he said, I can't afford to bring out the whole band. And I said, well, let's use Howie, Harry's band. Mm-hmm. And as it so happened, they had a recording the mobile recording thing going on. So we recorded it and it's a really uh, great. It's a command performance for the king, mm-hmm. Kim Salmon, mm-hmm. I'm of the scientist. <laughs> yeah, look, you're not going to, uh, sci- scientists are as, that's t- that's that's like Mount Rushmore level uh, great. Um, yeah. Well, I will, I will tell you that I, I met Kim Salmon because uh they had moved to London and they heard we were going on tour. The gun club were going on tour. This is a 84 probably. And, uh, Kim wrote me a letter saying, uh, this is my band and, uh, we're going on tour with you. And he sent me a cassette of mm-hmm. the blood red river record. And I was like, of course you're going on tour with yeah. us. I don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah. And, and he was like, he's like, we're going on tour with you. And, uh, save some of the booze for us. Don't let that blonde guy drink all the booze because we're going to need it mm-hmm. too. And that was his letter to me. <laughs> so uh-huh. It was so ballsy and amazing. Uh, what can I do but say, some, I'm on tour. Yeah, you have no the choice. History. The decision yeah. gets made. But they You're... were great and we friends forever. Yes. Amazing. Yeah, and then and it's funny for them to be on the other side of the globe but to be kind of this like, you're spiritually connected from the other side of the planet in terms of hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel super close to the scientists and their music. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We come from the same thing and that's the thing, Harry Howard and his band, which also includes uh, Dave Graney and Claire Moore, who were in the band called the Moodist. I don't know if you know, absolutely. Yeah. An Australian band that lived in London for a long time. Mm -hmm. But we all lived at the same time in London, and we were all dead broke and had weird jobs. And uh, so we we, we uh, bond over our uh, shared uh, the poverty wars of of musicians in London, yeah. expats in London. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now, at that time. Now, so. 
just as a thing, a couple more questions, and I'll let you get on with your night. And mm-hmm. you've seen so many shows, so many legendary things. What is one that you wish you could just show everybody that you saw with your eyes? It's in your brain. You wish you could project it on a screen for everybody to see. Oh, God. I think that Paraubu show that I saw with uh, that I saw with Jeffrey Lee Pierce that first time because not only had I met him, but that they were um, so amazing. They're still amazing, mm-hmm. but you know, but that was when the mo- the Modern Dancer first album had wow, just okay. come out, and they were they were firing on all uh, all levels, and it was a very metaphysical experience and David Thomas. Wow. You know, wow. You know, uh, what, what, a, what a performer and what an odd character, but, but what a charismatic mm-hmm. person and what an original, original, uh, poet and performer and like, and, uh, and, and just the musicians, everything, everything, Tony Mamoni. Oh my God. Bass playing mm-hmm. from heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, it's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And yeah. So I, I think, uh, an early pair of Ubu comps. Okay. That one mind blowing. And you, you, uh, Patty Smith at the rocks, Patty Smith at the Roxy. Oh my God. See now here they come. Now they're going to start coming out of the, the, the spigot has been turned. Oh, yeah, the Ramones. The Ramones. <laughs> See, the here Ramones it goes. This is when you're going to make everybody jealous <laughs> oh. of what you saw. Yeah, these are these are life, life these are life changing experiences, mm-hmm. and also every one of those experiences created a community of friends who are those who are still here are still my friends. Yeah, you know that create you know the same people, the like minded people who are still like minded today. Luckily, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, are are still my friends. You know. Now, so that, that is another plus of all that. Absolutely. Well, that's a plus when when people like you and they stay friends with you. That's, uh, that's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you also have to be a good guy. Kind of helps helps that whole friend thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> the fi- final thing. My friend Jeff Fierzig is currently making a, a a movie about the legendary Stardust Cowboy, and uh, I've seen oh, stuff I from. I talked. I saw Jeff the other night. The yeah. movies, the stuff I've seen is mind blowing. It's gonna he's gonna rock everybody's world once again with one of his his movies. But you played with the legendary Stardust Cowboy. Yes, he said he has great footage of me, um, but the. Uh, yeah, that was uh, an experience. I, I write about it in the book. But wow, that was something I was not ready for. You know, mm-hmm. as I say at the beginning of the chapter, Jeffrey Lee Pierce, Lux and Jerry, and Nick Cave could have never prepared me for playing <laughs> with with the ledge. You know, legendary Stardust Cowboy, because he was just like it was like chasing a feral cat. You know, uh, <laughs> playing with him. You know, uh-huh. he was just so great and so sincere and so uh, yeah. Talk about a visionary. Absolutely, he had his own vision, but it was. But it was hard. It was hard to keep up with it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, to play. I mean, I mean, we figured we 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 worked it out. Mm-hmm. But uh, but he was. It was like, wow, this guy is a real, you know, a real, a real outer space man. You know, sure. Yeah, 
No, uh, that, you know, Ziggy Stardust got his name from the, you know, David Bowie got Ziggy Stardust as, as part from legendary Stardust Cowboy. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, ground control to Major Tom, you know, it was, a, it was, a, it, uh, Norm Ledge is, it was just an original. It's hard to explain him. Yeah. <laughs> I think the movie is going to help people you understand know, him. Exactly. Understand. I mean, you know, uh, you know, there's paralyzed his, his hit of, you know, name the sure. worst record ever made, you mm-hmm. know, and, uh, but the most beautiful record ever made. It's one of the greatest you know, records and, ever made. And one of the greatest. Yeah. Of all times. And, uh, and, um, yeah, he was great. And what a sensation he caused in, in Europe, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and everywhere. But, but well, on the tour I went on, it was in Europe and, uh, and people went, crazy for him a real showman you know mm-hmm. a real uh, savant you know yeah and um and uh it was a, what a what a great pleasure it was so chaotic but so fun you know yeah so, so wild and, well yeah i mean it was a different wild than the other wild yeah it was wild it wasn't a danger wild mm-hmm. it was a wild wild uh-huh <laughs> you that's what i was saying your book, I just want to say, the again, the book is, it's truly thrilling and amazing. And there's so much you can, people can take away from this book, whether it's about recovery, talking about addiction, talking about being an artist, talking about fitting in mm-hmm. all of it. You, you yeah. run this book runs sexuality. the gamut sexuality. You, you have had some kind of life, my friend, and you captured it all in this book. I can't recommend it uh, more highly. And it's called Some New Kind of Kick, and people should check it out. And I appreciate you coming on the show to talk to uh, talk with us for a little bit. So uh, I'm glad you had me on. Oh, great to talk to you. Well, thank you so much. And I hope, everyone. I hope to see you soon. And here's the book. I'm all putting right, it up on thanks. the screen. Thanks. So we will, uh, and, and you have a great night. Yeah, you too. Okay. See you later. All right. Bye. How about that? A legend. We had a legend, a legend in the house. Hi everybody. Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new office hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel and Doug is back from down under. G'day. G'day. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash office hours live. Who are the animals? Because I don't smell them. Okay. All right, let's go back to the phones. Hello, Best Show. Hold on. Hello, Best Show. What, what, what up, douche? Oh. D-Plop 7000 in the MFing his app. Is it is it his horse or house? What is it? His house. His house. What is that? I don't even get it. It's like the word house, but with a little bit of a little bit of spice on it. Little spice, little little slap uh, slap on it. I get it. I get it. It's Darren. 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 Yes. 
my coworker Darren. Un well, it, yeah, it's unbelievable, right? It's unbelievable. What's up? Well, first off, how do I sound? You sound good. You sound good. It sounds. It sounds great, though, right? It sounds. Yes, it sounds great. Oh, thanks. Well, I got one of those new ultra clear phones at Radio Hut. I'm sure you've been hearing about the ultra clear phones. Yes, the clarity is nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were designed by that guy Heinrich, the audio guru, before he was arrested and convicted of non-phone related uh, crimes. He was, what was he convicted? <laughs> I forgot about I Heinrich. I can't say. It's, let's just say it's a couple steps beyond what Judge Montgomery Davies got, uh, oh. got uh, his, his gavel taken away for. Yeah, not good. Yeah. But this phone is good. And, you know, sure, there have been these articles about the phones containing extremely toxic metals and liquids that were never meant to come close to living organisms. But I'll tell you, other than the flagrant stomach cramps, I feel pretty good. You have flagrant stomach cramps, huh? I do. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. And you think those are maybe caused by the. Phone? Well, they did start after the first text I sent, not even a call. Like my, my ear wasn't even up against the thing. It was like, I guess just like the touching of the, of the phone might, I don't know. I, 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 who knows? We don't, we don't know. Do no, we? Who knows? These are the things that you kind of, you ride the ride with life, Darren. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not here to worry. I'm here to party. Just like Abraham Lincoln said. I, I that's something I didn't know that was something he said. I've done my research. Now you do yours. Uh, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. I, oh, hey, 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 hey. I wanted to ask you this all last week. Um, I tuned into last week's show just kind of in the middle of it. I heard a bit of a song that I thought was just incredible. And I only heard one line before. Quite honestly, you hung up on the guy that called pretty quickly or you cut him off. I should say you okay. didn't hang up. On okay. you, you, you interrupted him. Mm -hmm. Um, so the, the only lyric I heard was something like, um, tonight, the streets on fire. It's a real death wish seven. What is that? That's Br Bruce Springsteen. <gasps> oh, What's the song called? Is it called Death Wish 7? It's not called Death Wish 7. No, it's called oh. Jungle Land. Jungle Land. I write that down. Okay. Good to know. Hey, um, speaking of The Boss. Um, so you know you about The Boss, but you never heard of Jungle Land. No, my... my um, my love affair with Bruce's music doesn't oh, begin God. until um, the ghost of Tom Jode. Okay. A little later. You're jumping in a little later than most people. Yeah. Yeah. But I like the early stuff. Like I want to be where the bands are. Uh, Ramrod. Uh, does this bus stop at, at uh, 82nd Street? So, so it seems like you leap right over the the meat of the catalog like what like what <laughs> like born to run 
for example. Oh, I've never really heard that one. <laughs> is it good? Yeah, uh, yeah, it is. It's pretty good. Oh, okay. Well, is it as good as, as Night Shift? Oh, you mean his his current his Commodore's cover? Yes, yes. Yeah, I'd say it's it's kind of uh, hovering around the same level. Oh, cool. Um, you didn't hear it from me, mm-hmm. but I was talking to a guy two days ago who delivers high class pizzas in the Rumson area, mm-hmm. and he he said that Springsteen only did that song because he wants to star in this Night Shift reboot that Paramount has in the works. Night shift, you mean the the uh Michael Keaton um who else was in that? Michael Keaton and Oh please, it was Hank Winkler. And Hank Winkler. That's right. I, I didn't yes, Henry Winkler. Um so that's why he recorded that as like a backdoor way of getting the getting uh <laughs> getting cast in the movie. Yes, yeah, and I assume Bruce wants to play Chuck because, you know, he's pretty straight-looking now, you know. Um, um, and I, I also heard that, you know, he's he's got other Night Shift-esque related uh, songs that he's working on. Like, I heard he's got a new song called This Is Chuck Reminding Bill to Shut Up. Okay. This is, he's this... Got, he has another song called To Shun. To say no, to push away. Remember that scene? <laughs> the, uh, barely. I barely yeah, remember that yeah. scene. Yeah, um, yeah. So. yeah, well, that's that's very interesting, Darren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, speaking of good people being annoying, um, remember when our tactical weapons instructor in ROTC would ask us a question, and I'd do that funny thing where I'd, I'd answer, but in that Aussie lyric, I don't know. Remember that song, I don't know? <laughs> And I would do that. Like he would say, you know, we're students. So he's not going to like do anything to us. Like, you know, he'd say, you know, why are your your boots polished? I don't know. Oh, he would get so mad. It was so funny. Do you remember that? Yeah. My, those ROTC days, (laughs) those were something else. Oh my God. He'd be so mad. But then I'd explain that I read in a history book that world war one general Oswald Osborne up actually applauded his men for being honest about knowing information and he totally bought it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I tell you, man, I long for the days when you couldn't Google something I said and instantly find out that I'm lying. <laughs> you, you, you long for those days. I do. And I'll tell you, I would only be writing two alimony checks if that was the case and, and instead of four a month, like I do now. You write four alimony checks a month. I do. And one of them I never even, you know, caressed. But yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I, I know too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Okay, well, um, <laughs> I, I'm going to get to the, the, big, uh, the big topic of conversation. Did you hear about it? Did I hear about what? about what went down last weekend at the 25th anniversary Quint City's Power Pop explosion and peanut push. You got to you got to fill me in on this, Darren. Well, first let me say I still can't believe they do that dumb peanut push in the Los Amigos parking lot before the festival each year. I just think it's stupid. And a peanut push again is 
um, basically all, all the members of the power pop bands to kind of see who's going to headline. It's almost like a uh, uh, like an actual car race, but but um, each member of the band, one member of uh, of each band is mm-hmm. drafted to to compete in this and basically they you know they get down their hands and knees which is really weird looking because they've all got the tight black jeans and the and the blazers on mm-hmm. and um and they are basically pushing a peanut a tiny peanut on a little tiny moped with their nose okay the, the moped has training wheels so they're you know they're they're pushing it with their nose and whoever wins headlines one of the three nights. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't like it because it's like, I guess I just hate that the festival's still in the, the pocket of big peanut, you know? Yeah. I wouldn't mess with big peanut these days. Yeah. All those planters reps putting up peanut posters all over Los Amigos. I don't know. I just think it, it doesn't have, it doesn't feel indie like it used to be, you know? I don't know. Well, things change. They do. I didn't participate in the peanut push, but, but, um, but Sean did, you know, I came, I, I went with Sean and, um, oh, okay. uh, he came in, he came in third. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and he got a sealed copy of the first Pez band album signed by all four of the guys in the band shoes. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, well, I mean, good for Sean. Sean's a Sean's a good guy. Um, so it was a record, a a Pez band record signed by the Shoes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting uh, choice. Yeah. Well, it's it, truly one of a kind, right? It would be. It would be one of a kind. Sure, that would be a of yes. huge collectible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sean's just you know he's over the moon about it. Um, all right. So the fest. Um, I guess we should first address the elegance in the room, right? Oh, sorry, what's that? I said we should first address the elegance in the room. The uh, that's actually the 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 el the elephant in the what? room. That's the expression you're you're trying to say, Darren. No, it's not. I thought no, I thought it was it was the elegant. I thought you were like it meant. Let's first talk about how nice this whatever this experience the situation is before we get into the real crap it doesn't mean that it does not ah crap okay well i guess i got the wrong thing tattooed on my upper haunches mm-hmm. well okay so as you know they finally tore down that statue of power pop 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 mm, yeah yeah i mean it was Everyone knew it was a long time coming, but it took so long mainly because they didn't find his sun bleached carcass until earlier this year. Nobody was really a hundred percent sure he was dead. I'm sorry. I'm not laughing at that. I'm just, no, it's very, no, it's sad. I mean, it, it, it's like, it's um, like the passing of the songwriter Gigi Allen. It seems like it was just yesterday that quad P was barged for crimes against power pop, mm-hmm. you know, and, it's a, that it's, was rough. It's a rough community. It is. It is. I'm not and, uh, messing around. But I, I can't believe his bones made it all the way down to Caracas. You know. It. it, it <laughs> I, 
I'm, I'm again, I'm very choked up over. Well, it's sad. It, it, it's it, very it, it's sad. sad. And, you know, when you think about it, Caracas is very far away. And, and, uh, there are times I wonder if power pop, pop, pop had even heard of Caracas, uh, while he was living. I kind of doubt it. He was very, very, you know, local clause, you know, very, uh, didn't travel much as far as I know. So mm-hmm. I, I doubt he was really aware of Caracas. Yeah, that would, that would, um, I would, I would not be surprised if he had not, not heard of it. Right. Um, so to his credit, the new head of the fest, Rick and Bacher Rick, mm-hmm. his first, his first decree was to tear down that statue and replace it with a statue of original rom- romantics drummer, Wally Palmer. So that's cool. That's, that is, uh, I feel like that's a very progressive move to make. Very. Yes. A lot of people don't know that, that Wally sang what I like about you. Like he, he, it's, it's rare for a drummer to sing a huge hit for a band. Yeah, I guess, I guess it would be, um, the, the, the Eagles, I guess might be it. And right. Right. Yeah. Dave, the Dave Clark five. I don't know if he sang. He did didn't he? sing. You're right. He didn't sing. The one that I always think of first is uh, that song by the Four Seasons that was written and sung by their drummer. Um, late December 1963. Remember that? Late December back in 63. Yeah. I didn't know that was sung by the drummer. It, it, it was. It, that, I, I love the song, but it always kind of gives me the crease because, you know, here's this guy. He's gushing about this lady he met and the incredible sensual time they had less than a month after JFK was assassinated. It just doesn't seem, I don't know. I, I, I think it seems tawdry. It seems a little, little thoughtless. I do, Yes. Perfect. Perfect word. Yeah. Not a whole lot of respect for the moment. No, no. And there's no mention of it in the song either. It's like, you know, he doesn't allude to last month's events or anything, but I don't know. I guess music's escapism once you think about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Music is escapism once you think about it. Yeah, you're right. You should put that on a best show sticker. It, muse, it would say a sticker that just says music is escapism when you think about it. Does it need a comma? I don't think so. Okay. I'm just trying to picture it. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think it's cool. I'll, I'll, I know uh, a pretty good printer here in New but You're out in LA. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you, you can get them made where you get your headshots done. Mm-hmm. I don't have I don't have headshots yet. Maybe, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. So, getting back to the Power Pop Fest, it mm-hmm. was a trip. Okay, like what? What went? What went on? Sean and I went all three nights, and these were long shows to like seven bands a night. We were up for at least two hours straight, and REM sleep. <laughs> we barely got Guadalcanal Diary sleep. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's that's. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, and, you know, I this is going to sound harsh, mm-hmm. but most of the, the guys in these bands, they never really got out of the Quint City. So they've all been pretty much living in each other's lives for better or mostly worse for the last couple decades. Okay. Well, that, that cutthroat competitiveness and backstabbing they all had back then, it never really went away. Okay, so there's that's still that's still running through the whole thing. Oh yeah, these guys are like in their late 40s, early 50s and they haven't progressed as hu- as like 
humans. It's it's so weird. It's it, it was it was it's shocking, but it's it's really interesting to to watch it occur. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just say 25 years later, the Quinn City's power pop scene has turned into a real power pop Peyton place. So a lot of a lot of a lot of drama. It is. <laughs> I would also love to hear Amy Kindler uh, do that that last sentence I, I just did. A lot of pee popping in there, right? Yeah. Now you could really work those peas on it. You could. Yeah. <laughs> Power um, pop. So yeah. Pop. <laughs> do you remember that band from Westbridge, the Pop Rocks? Yes. Well, they were the big surprise reunion of the Power oh, Pop Fest. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Nobody ever thought they'd get back together after all that drama. I think it was in like 2000 when the drummer this is so convoluted. I have to try to get it right. The drummer, Tim, was having an affair with the singer Todd's wife, Deirdre. And Deirdre was also the keyboardist in the pop rocks. Oh, OK. Well, that is that is convoluted. Yes. And all this all, all that started when when pop rocks went on that big tour with Super Drag and Paul Chastain's Velvet Crush featuring Jeffrey Borchardt. Okay, so that was a, a lineup of Velvet Crush. Yeah, I, I think Rick was upset with the other guys, so he wasn't in that lineup, and mm-hmm. he said they couldn't actually use the you know the regular name. So, so he yeah, that's a that's a rough one again. Band drama is something else, right? Yes, it is. It's like a marriage between four people, or or if you're, you know, you're a ska band, eighteen people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, fast forward twenty something years, and the pop rocks get a really substantial, you know, uh, substantial offer to play the fest, and okay. you know, it's hard to turn down that peanut money, right? It's very enticing. It is. It is. So. One of the one of the stipulations for the Pop Rocks doing this fest was that each member of the band would get one minute at the stage front mic just to say whatever they wanted. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds, sounds like a recipe for disaster, right? It sounds like you're courting. You're definitely playing with fire. <laughs> and it, it was it, it was it was blazing, Tom. Okay. So. The bassist, Kenny, he goes up first. And and while I do respect him for bringing several visual aids, his QAnon ran about how President Biden is personally stealing his toilet paper was a little bit too out there for me. <laughs> so, oh, that's, a, that's a rough um, one. Yeah, that, that was rough. And then Phil, the lead guitarist, his minute was basically an infomercial for his pressure washing business. Uh, Let me spray you. That, I didn't know. Okay. I, that, that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know he had a pressure washing business. Yeah, he does. He does. But, uh, but the big drams happened when Todd, the singer went off on Deirdre and Tim, the drummer for, I, I got to get this quote, right. For turning my life into a living power pop nightmare from which not even the music of the Ruba news could rescue me. It's pretty heavy. That is bleak. It is. Yeah. <laughs> When the yeah. Rubenews, when the music of the Rubenews doesn't doesn't save you, you got some trouble. You do big big trouble. So then he proceeded to play until he was forcibly 
removed from the stage by by security. The first verse and chorus of I just want things to go back to how they were before the Super Drag Tour, which was, of course, the first song from his solo album. Welcome to my power pop divorce. Okay, but this is this is intense, Darren, isn't it? This is intense. It it wasn't super fun. It was like, oh, my God, let me out of here. Yeah, I can't leave. I got to see it. Mm hmm. Yeah, so, like definitely really, some, definitely some, uh, some, uh, that kind of when you, when you, you gotta like crane your neck oh, to, yeah. to look at a, and like a, like a, uh, you know, you drive rubbernecking driving past an accident. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Yep. So the, the rest of the pop rock set was basically Deirdre, Kenny, Phil, and Tim riffing on what an a hole Todd was and continues to be. <laughs> that's wow. Sean is... and I were in hysterics. It was so funny. Oh, that might, that would that would have killed me. Yeah, but um, that wasn't the only weird thing. When when Mike and the Cuddlebugs played, there was this whole other weird drama happening. Wait, what 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 was that all about? Basically, Mike, you know, the main guy, the main guy in the band, Mm -hmm. his stepson, Chilton, is the biological son of Rodney, the founder and guitarist in the band, The Zap. Okay. Remember them? They had that song, Strike This Guy Out, that was on the President Baseball soundtrack. Yes, I do remember. That was was a good song. Good tune. Yeah. So Chilton hates his biological father, Rodney, and he says... Rodney's a mean little dictator and he calls him Napoleon Bonaparte behind his back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's not, not super creative, but it, it's, it's, it's a good little dig. It's pretty right? good. Pretty good. Yeah. Anyway, Chilton makes the power move that night to play tambourine and sing harmony with Mike and the Cuddlebugs, his stepfather's band and not the zap, his biological father's band. Wow. That's like major stones. Huge. So, you know, so the, the, the biological father is seething out there in the audience. So the Cuddlebugs have this one song, Give Me, give me Power Pop or Give Me Death, where Mike goes really high with his voice. Give me the power. Give me the pop. And he's no Robin Zander. So it, it was, I mean, it wasn't as bad as what I just did, but it was, it was a little rough. Uh, but it wasn't terrible. And, and Sean actually thought he was pretty good. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, but so after the song, Robbie, Chilton's biological father, yells out from the audience to Mike, you shouldn't sing that high. Sounds like shit. And everybody in the crowd started booing Robbie. Yeah. It was pretty nuts. It was nuts. So they finish. Now it's time for Robbie's band, The Zap, to play, right? Okay. Crowds way against him from the moment he takes the stage. Two songs in, Robbie breaks a string. Mm-hmm. Guess who doesn't have a spare guitar? He, he doesn't, Robbie. No. And so, you know, he's asking around for a, someone to lend him a guitar. Uh-huh. Nobody would do it. Wow. They froze him out. It was, yeah. Power pop justice at, at its most, you know, at its heaviest Mm -hmm. swift swift power pop justice that's bold yes so robbie keeps yelling out for help from the other bands 
just r- rattling off names of the of all the bands that are playing the fest to see if anyone you know has a guitar. Hey, uh, anybody from the Hay out there? Mm-hmm. Nothing. How about the Now? Nothing. What about the Wow? The Dapples? The Dimples? The Fun? The Hurt? How about the Yes? What about the No? Anyone from the Maybe out there? And there's dead silence after each one. It was so brutal. Just freeze, freezing them out. Everybody's freezing them out. Frozen. He ended up humming his guitar parts into the mic for the rest of the show. Oh, that's, that's, that's pathetic. It was weird. It, uh, it Truthfully, it was, I, I thought it was as good as his normal guitar talent, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but um, to their credit, the Zap did this great zombies fan, uh, uh, this great zombies tune. And now you probably think the zombies are, he's not here and tell her no, but see, they've got this album called Odyssey and Oracle. And this thing is one of the landmark. Oh, no, I, 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 no, I'm sorry. I was zombies planning again. Yeah. We've all heard of that album, Darren. Oh, bad, bad Darren. Yeah. Don't zombie splain anymore. Well, <laughs> there's my answer when I, you know, I ponder why all those ladies on my power pop dating app popter are constantly swiping, right. You know, mm-hmm. popter. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, maybe stop zombie splaining and they'll, they'll, uh, swipe left. Maybe, maybe, uh, what else happened? Oh, this is amazing. The drummer for the Crunchberries. He's a sergeant in the Sidebridge police department. Okay. He arrested the guitars for the Church Mouse Five because he parked in the handicapped space in front of Los Amigos to unload his drums. Really? Had him in cuffs flat on his stomach. Oh, that's that's unnecessary. And he maneuvered him so his face would be in an oil slick. But oh, that's not nice. Terrible, terrible. There's no reason but, to do that. No, it was not cool. Not cool. I- I'm not even going to get into some of the outfits, some of these, you know, power pop guys were wearing just, you know, just unusual choices. I I wouldn't have gone for, you know, but Mm -hmm. who who am I to judge, right? Who are any of us to judge? Yeah. We, we go through different looks in life. Like when, when you wore that big black duster, the puffy white high tops and a cowboy hat in the summer of 89, I'm sure you had your, had your, your I had my reasons. I had my reasons. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty, I mean, it was a cool look, I think. I was kind of going for like a half a half urban cowboy, half Sisters of Mercy vibe with like, a yeah. with a little bit of Seinfeld. Yes. I see it. See, that's pretty cool if you ask if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh Trump was also there. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on, what? Yeah, Trump was there at the fe- Power Pop Festival. Donald. Yeah. Really? Oh yeah, he was interested in signing one of the bands to his uh, this new label he's got, Trump Tone. <laughs> he, he has a record label. Yeah, yeah. He he had a whole section roped off where he was kind of like you know holding court him basically and a, and a bunch of secret service guys. And Tom, I'll be honest, he he seemed kind of bored until one of the agents fired up that portable waffle maker Trump always travels with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So they fired up the old portable waffle maker. They did, and he was he was he was excited for that. But he's so sloppy with that thing that he got batter all over Kevin from the teensies. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's too bad for Kevin. It is. It, it is. But I'll tell you, to Trump's credit, he did get up on on stage and and sang "Shake Some Action" with the need. <laughs> wow! I really missed out. He did. He did. And, and and when he was done, no, he's such a, he's such a jerk. He couldn't help himself. He just said, "Suck on that, Cyril." So he left with a. He took a shot at Cyril Jordan from the Flaming Groovies. Yes, and he was selling red hats that said "Make Power Pop Great Again." Oh, that stinks! I know. I don't. I don't. I don't like it. You know, and that that kind of tainted everything too. And uh, overall, you know, it was just kind of a disappointment. And I doubt I'll go to the next a- anniversary. I mean, I, you know, I I know you went to the fifteenth and and had a blast, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'll I'll never forget the sight of you singing, hanging on the telephone at the top of your lungs on Los Amigos bar in your white jeans, your beetle boots and your striped T-shirt. I still can't believe you had bangs. I was a, those those were different times. They were you. You you killed it back then, though. Not that you don't now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. But but then. Correct me if I'm wrong. You had some feud with the guy who put out that power pop comp, and then you you pretty much just stopped going to the festival. What was that all about? Oh, I don't want to. Come on, please. Um. Well, I was trying to put a thing together, like a a band, and um, and we were. He just was icing me out big time when I was trying to yeah. see about like, hey, you know, we're we're called the Chant Junior and we're wanna see if we can, you know, maybe get on the next the next comp. No interest. Well, I'm wondering if Todd Barry might have might have uh pulled something, you know? Well, I mean we're called Chant Junior. Well, I know, I know. He's just very, very protective of the chant and his 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 days in the chant. So, but we were not even called I, the chant, Junior. We're called Chant Junior. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's 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 different. I thought I thought the that the I thought the met, carried a lot of the. You would think so, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, but look, yeah. It it just he he that guy iced me out hard. And it just bummed right. me out about the whole thing. I hear you. Yeah, yeah. That would that would do me in too. I'd I'd be I'd be pretty pretty annoyed. But you know, I guess that that combined with old man Dalrymple forbidding you to sell your zine at three o'clock somewhere in the company store really turned you off the power pop scene once and for all, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that might have been the final straw. I, for one, am really glad they finally shut down the company store and started letting us buy groceries outside of work. Yeah, it really, the the Dalrymple Bucks thing, it sounds like it's going to make sense at one in some way, but it just doesn't. No, 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 not at all. And I really don't miss those candy bars they sold there that were 40% sand. Do you remember those? Oh. Yeah, that was gross because you you like 
it was just it was an insult. Yeah, yeah, and and calling them sandbars was like an extra kick in the parachute pants. Just rubbing it in, rubbing it in yeah, our yeah. faces. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but you know, I I do want to go on record saying it was absolutely unfair of old man Dalrymple to allow his nephew, teenage Dalrymple, to sell his Caddyshack fanzine in the company store. So you mm-hmm. have, I've got your back on that. Thank you, Darren. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. What? What was that? Okay. Um, would you get me one too? Just one. That's what's great. Uh, what's what's happening? Maybe maybe some certs. <laughs> Thanks. Oh oh, uh, sorry about that. I, I'm hanging with Sean at, at his pad, and we're we're having a few beers. And uh, he just said he's he's going to go to the uh, uh, Cumberland Farms for um, for a couple Sixers. And I, I I asked him to get me one too, and and some and some certs. Okay, I'll see ya. Okay. All right, Tom, listen closely, okay? Yeah. I don't have much time. I'm listening. Sean is holding me hostage. You got to help me. Sean. Yes. What? I, 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 Darren has blown my mind. I thought, I thought you and Sean were, were like good buddies for years. I, I know, Tom. This is going to sound absolutely insane, but remember the night we met Sean at that wacky package convention mm-hmm. five years ago? It was like it was yesterday. Well, yeah. I know. Well, after we dropped you off at Gray Pizza, he and I kept partying and driving around. And, you know, one thing led to another. And basically, he saw and videoed me doing something I'd rather not elaborate on. Okay. But if you were guessing that it involves me, a stolen police motorcycle, 30 forged consolidated cardboard paychecks, and a pair of black latex pants, you'd be close to the ballpark. Darren, this is this is blowing my mind. I, mean, I thought you and Sean were, ah, jeez. Well, Tom, ever since that night, Sean's had that hold on me. He's blackmailing me and he's holding me hostage. He makes me give forty percent of my paycheck to him. I can't afford to to support my family anymore. Don't oh, know. This is this is this is. I didn't know any of this. I every time I start to thrive a little bit or get some cash. Sean sends me short clips of the video of me doing stuff with the text, I own you. Oh. Oh, Darren. And all those times you saw us hanging out? Mm-hmm. Ever notice how his right hand was always in his windbreaker? He had a handgun pointed at me the whole time. I didn't know that. You know now. I do now, yeah. Yes. And he did it the other night, too. It's been going on for five years. This has been going on for five years. Yes. Every time you ever saw the two of us out and about, you can assume Sean had his pocket gun on me. Really? Yes. <laughs> oh, Darren. It's, it's, it's just screwed up my life so much. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just. Oh, poor Sheila. Yeah. This is taking a real toll on everybody. 
It is, yeah. My wife, Sheila, does, doesn't know anything about it, and I don't want her to. Don't tell her, okay? Her nerves are already frayed by our son, Sky, refusing to play bass in our garage rock band, The Swirling Vortex. So she's on edge. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're probably wondering how how Sean still holds me hostage after I go home from work. Yeah, because like you, like how is any of this possible? Tom, I'm pretty sure he chipped me. I mean, you're, yeah, okay. You live like five miles, right? Yes, you're like five, five miles, miles away. away from him. I got him the job at Consolidated. You got too. him the job at Consolidated Cardboard. Oh. Darren, this is, how is, just, I know you, time's limited. You're, you're waiting for, he's coming back, yeah. I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think he put a chip in me. So he knows my every move somehow. I, I don't, uh, I'm at the end of my tether. Oh. Okay. I oh, think, no. What? Oh, no. Oh, no. What? Oh, well, I guess what they say about the best show being the favorite podcast of the Quinn City's most frustratingly clever hostage taker slash blackmailer is true. Why is that? Well, Sean must have heard us and he's he's standing in the doorway and he's pointing his pocket gun at me. Oh, man. He's pointing his pocket gun. At, oh, no. Yes, I'm really scared. And, and I want you to know, Tom, if, if this is it. I want you to have my original pressing of the raspberries go all the way single with the misprint where it looks like Eric Carmen is their drummer, Jim Bonfanti. Yeah. I you had probably to, had to bleep part of that. I had to bleep that part. Yeah. It's fine. It's totally fine. Darren, oh, I'm, I'm worried about you. I'm not so worried anymore because <laughs> Sean, is that gun made of soap? So oh, the, no. What? It's not? No. Oh, no. It stings. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Oh, Darren. Crap. Darren. Oh, I gotta go. Oh, no. Let me see if I can get out the window. No, I can't. I'm stuck. Oh, no. Shit. Oh, no. Darren? Oh no, I hope he's okay. I hope he's okay. Are we good for the next uh, portion of the show? Yeah, Tom, we are ready to go in the theater. Wait, who's this? Oh, hey, Tom, this is Brett. Brett, Brett Boehm. That's right. How, what's up, Brett? Oh, not much. Just uh, having a good time tonight back in the booth because uh, we've got a band in the theater, so mm -hmm. we needed some extra hands on deck tonight. Uh, this is all just very exciting. I love love sitting in on the best show. Well, thank you for sitting in on the best show. Why don't we uh, throw it to the performance uh, spot? And I'm going to tell everybody, get ready, because this is one of my favorite bands. This is one of the best live bands going. They have an album coming out next week on Drag City. And the record is called Spiders in the Rain. And you're not going to. It comes out this week, this Friday. They rule live, and we're going to get a good taste of it right now. Let's throw to the studio. 
If you're leaving at the sunrise with the map on your There's no streets at night to draw away a spirit She tore me apart with a pair of
Animating me to take away your self-control Just an old white cat living in California Just an old white cat living in California Just an old white cat living in California Just an old white cat living in California. heavy duty jack you chew on that for a while huh wrap your head around what that just was gonna take you some time it's all right you take some time you figure that out borat himself would say wah wah wee wah to that huh yeah Juan. they got a new album coming out uh this friday 10 the album's called Spiders in the Rain, and it's a live album, and it's and as great as Wand are on their studio albums, and they are great. Truly amazing. The live thing is a whole other experience, and it's very exciting that that's the, the new album is a live album, and it's very exciting that they came and played the best show. How about that? Unbelievable. Don't even know what to say. I'm, I'm duly uh, I'm blown away by that. Hey, you can sit. Uh, where should we sit? Over there? Anywhere you want to sit. Anywhere you want to sit. Okay. Yeah, everybody can come in. Oh, my God. That was heavy duty. The power, the power of wand. Everybody just got it. People are like, just blew everybody's mind. I'm watching this chat. They're like, I don't know. I wasn't ready for that. People are like, I, I wasn't I, ready for that. You were people are saying they wish they were high. <laughs> well, that's why the things get recorded. You want to go and do your bath salts. 
later. Yeah, it's draw totally bath. up to you. Now, who, who uh, uh, is Andrew running the, the switches or Brett? Because we got a room. I'm running it, Tom. Oh, okay. Thank you, Brett. Uh, it's very exciting. Why don't you all introduce yourselves and we'll uh, we'll talk for a minute. And I know uh, after, if I was doing that, if I was you and did that, I would probably need to go take a nap afterwards because I'd be very tired because mm. I have uh, not a lot of uh, endurance. It's all about bursts for me. <laughs> well, we're, we're uh, what, 50 hours Deep, yeah, in, 50 in, hours on stage, uh, 50 hours on stage in the last six weeks so far this year. Amazing in the last six weeks, so mm -hmm. so that didn't take too much out of it. No. Me, I, so know, I can't speak for anyone else. I don't play drums, so mm -hmm. that's probably yeah. So, why doesn't everybody introduce themselves? I guess we can all, everybody on this side, can you can share that mic, you can slide it over, oh, yeah. it's got an arm, and all yeah, things. that. Well, you can start. Oh, there's yeah, a mic right behind oh, yeah. my I'm Robbie, of Robbie. You can say I'm Evan. You're Evan. I'm Evan B. And that's the that's <laughs> the M Night Shyamalan type twist. That's right. To the thing that there were two Evans here the whole time. Oh yeah. And you are Corey. Corey, yeah, yeah, that's me. So exciting having you guys here. So the new what 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 was the the thought behind a, a live album for this uh, this next Wand album? Well, the thought was that we should go on tour in mm -hmm. 2020. Mm -hmm. A lot of other people had that idea. Okay. Not a lot of people got to do it. We got to do it, though. Yeah. Because we did it in January. So you got in under the wire. Barely. Yeah. And then uh, we um, taped all the shows and then okay. let them marinate mm -hmm. during COVID after sure. we recorded them and everything was shut down and then we took all the best bits of all the tracks and mm -hmm. of all the, we basically chose different takes from every single show okay thinking that we would just vote for the best songs and then it turned out we all had different favorites and so we cut them all into one okay super record like sure. a super live record sure so it's a super record that's what you're telling me yes Spiders and Wren's a super record. Well, I'm ready. I'm sure it's a super record, and I can't wait. Because I drove out to Pappy and Harriet's to see you. You did. Paul, and it was it was kind of like just, I didn't know what to do with myself afterwards. That two-hour drive, I was alone with it. I didn't know who to tell about it. I'll never believe what I saw. They had all these great songs, and then... Three-fifths of the way through, they went into outer space. Then they came back down. <laughs> I didn't know who to tell. And now I'm telling everybody here. Now you all know. Now you go tell your neighbors of what you saw and you can't explain. <laughs> <laughs> um, now you're playing the uh, Terragram Ballroom tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. Which is October 26th. In Los Angeles, for people in Los Angeles, that show's happening. Now, you have a light show with that show. Oh, yeah. yeah. A liquid light show. Okay. It's, it's a little, it's it's like uh, old school meets the 21st century liquid light mm -hmm. extravaganza. It's okay. really like they blow up the lights everywhere. Mm -hmm. 
I tried to get him in the bathrooms. I tried to get him in the lobby, uh-huh. you know. Just make it an immersive experience. Yeah, yeah. Even a hellscape. You, sure. Well, it's not very hard to make Los Angeles <laughs> kind of like a hellscape now yeah, and then. Yeah. There are clear paths to pulling that off. So you want it to just like be when you come down Vermont, the light show already starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you go past that weird arcade. When you leave your house, yeah. That arcade that I went to one time. Family arcade? I beat everybody at uh, air hockey. I'll tell you right now. I'm going to look right down the barrel on this. This is right down the camera. Foosball, I'm not so good anymore. I used to be better at it. Air hockey. I watch pro air hockey tournaments on YouTube. I got technique. I can beat anybody. Who's, anybody seeing this, I'll beat you at air hockey. For money. Minimum bet, $200,000. A point. A point. Now, I was at work one time. Uh, I was working, and we had an air hockey tournament at work, and I made it to the final. They drove a chart, and we had the all the seating and everything. I went to the finals, and I screwed up. I went to the mall, and I was like, What's the best air hockey mallet you got in this place? And I bought a fancy air hockey mallet. I figured I'd freak everyone out showing up with like a new air hockey mallet. I couldn't play with it. I, I ate it. I lost in the finals. It's like most embarrassing moment of my life. I've had a very easy life. That was the most embarrassing yeah, yeah. moment. I should say my life has been a piece of cake. That's the only bad thing that ever happened to me was losing that air hockey finals. Um, no, it was, uh, but that arcade, I beat everybody there at that Vermont arcade. And the challenge goes for all of you. Hmm. Anybody think they can step up? Look, foosball, that's a coin flip. I almost bought a claw machine from that arcade. A claw machine with the... Uh, it was bigger than my door, okay. so I couldn't <laughs> buy it. Sure. <laughs> so you couldn't fit it. You couldn't get it. Like, you get your own claw machine... To put the claw machine through your window. They oh, yeah, that. like a crane? Yeah, like a, a crane, I guess they call them. What about a claw, I call them what about a claw, claw machine where, you, where claw machines are in the claw machine? Uh, yeah. Well, that would be, uh, sounds like somebody was listening to Wand coming up with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that uh, claw machine I'm not so good at. This is what I'm good at, coin pushers. Coin pushers, nobody's going to come even near me with coin pushers. Classic. Air hockey. Slot machines. Slot machines. I'm a master. The Sex in the City One time slot machine. I won $1,700 on a Britney Spears slot machine. Really? That's amazing. Yeah. I won 700 once. So now I feel stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what kind of slot machine was it? Sex in the City. Sex in the City. Yes. Okay. It was a Sex in the City slot machine. Uh, and then you get far on it and you get three little uh, diamond rings and then Mr. Big starts talking and he goes, congratulations, oh. kid. <laughs> What's your strategy for the slot machine? Uh, just to put money in and keep pressing the button until uh, max I bet? Max, max bet. bet. All the time. Yeah. Always max, max bet. bet. Yeah. Watch these chumps nickeling and diamond in on those slot machines. Nah. <laughs> Might as well go work at a fat burger. <laughs> Can make faster money. <laughs> One time I went to a five guys and I looked yeah. around, there were four other guys. So you literally, you there were, were the fifth five guy. guys in the five guys. Okay. What's up with that slogan at five guys that 
we uh, honor the customer like that like pathetic groveling thing where the customer is the our master and we bow before like they have a thing on the wall they don't believe that the the employees there i haven't seen that oh yeah they have this total uh like corporate statement that is just so belittling to the employees like basically saying the customer is always right the customer's not always right it's the most, fault, most faulty cliche in all of cliches. The customer is always right. These customers are pretty stupid. You ever meet customers out there? The worst. One's worse than the next. Yeah, all the worst. Thank you, Evan. <laughs> I appreciate the worst. Customers are the worst. Now, I want to say to y'all. Oh, so what's the plan? What's the, what's the next? The album comes out. What's the what's twenty twenty three for Juan? Because we're already looking down the road. What's that looking like? Uh, well, we're we're playing a festival in uh, Cabo Town. Okay. Um, so, sort of uh, in, it's sort of by La Paz. This festival called Tropic of Cancer. Okay. And uh, so we're gonna do that in January. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we're just working on music. Okay. We have a lot to chew on mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Musically. Well, you just gave everybody a lot to chew on tonight. And then when they get the album, they've got a lot to chew on. And I seriously appreciate you all coming down and doing that. That was truly amazing. And uh, thank you so much. Thank Our pleasure. Yeah. Yes. And I just have to say I'm a huge Monk fan. Oh, Thank you. I watched it twice in quarantine. All the episodes? The in, in, in entirety. Oh my God. In its entirety. Why? You know there's other shows. <laughs> I watched other shows too. <laughs> you had a very bleak quarantine. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. What's your favorite episode of Monk? Oh, man. That's tough. Uh, first one that comes to mind. First one that comes to mind? Uh, the one where he takes medication. Yeah, I wrote that one. You wrote that one? Mm-hmm. That's my favorite episode. It's my favorite episode. Mm, yeah. I worked on all of them, but I wrote that one. So, yeah. I just got a check for $4 for that one. <laughs> so, nice. Look out. Look out, slot machines. Yeah, get that slot machine. Here I come. <laughs> Max, Max bets. Bet yeah. Max bets for everyone. <laughs> so, um, should we go to Vegas right now? You want to go to Let's do it. No, let's go to um, Studio. Pull the van around. Commerce Casino. Let's go to Commerce. Let's yeah. go to Commerce Casino. Or Hollywood Park? No one's ever had a bad day at Commerce Casino. But the thing is, so many of these local casinos don't have slot machines. Yeah, neither of those do. Yeah, I yeah. think you have to go to the one, yeah, something. Oh, uh, on the way to Joshua Tree? Morango? Morango. Morango. Did you stop there on the way back? I did not. Don't you think it's strange? I did not stop. That a casino has a name that's literally Moron Go. Yeah, yeah. I love that. To this casino. It's like Moron Go Casino. What yeah. what about uh uh what is it Agua Caliente? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah hot water. It's good to land at Agua Caliente. <laughs> Where was that again? In Agua Caliente. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like next to Moran Go. Like in Palm Springs or yeah, 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 yeah. So there's places we could go. Uh, you know? We'll do it. We're gonna do it upright. Actually, let me tell you there's a deal at Morongo okay. where you get a twenty dollar credit. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you sign up, I did this on tour, $20 credit, and then you get $10 off the buffet. But at lunchtime, the buffet is $10. 
So you get a free lunch. That's a free buffet. That's free buffet. Yeah. $20. I want to say this to everybody with that. You get discounts on that thing. You tip off the original price. You don't tip off the discount. You don't tip off minus the coupon. Tip off the highest number on the thing. Don't be cheap. Yeah. A- amen. Amen, right? <laughs> Doesn't get anyone, Nobody goes broke tipping. The, cr- the customer is always right. Though. Yeah. <laughs> nobody goes broke tipping. Don't forget that. Nobody ever went broke from tipping too much. That might not be true, but... Um, <laughs> oh, all right. Well, thank you all for coming in. Such a great set. And everybody check... Everybody in L.A., go to Terragram tomorrow. Check the light show out. Um, and get the album on Friday. Thank you so much. Wand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's hear And then I think we have to do what now with the... Let me check the phones. I think I have a, um, did you get the pizza pies? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. We got pizza pies for everybody. So the best show's cheap. Here, look at two pizzas. I don't even blink. Um, let's go to the phones. Hello, best show. Hey, Tom. Hey. Hi, Tom. Hi, who's this? Me, Damien. Oh, it's Damien. Oh my God. Am I in Damien Abraham from Toronto? It is. Long time no speak. Hold on. It's Damien from Effed Up. Oh my how's it, God. How's it going? I cannot believe I'm I'm here. I can't believe I get to be with you again, Tom. It feels like forever. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now is Damien on vi- video? I am. Ooh. There he is. Oh, there you are. Look at that face. I've got, oh. I've got a, I'm, I'm back with a bong. There they say. Back with a bong. I love it. <laughs> now, Damien, it's so nice to see you. I miss you so much. I miss you too, man. It feels like last time I saw you was in Toronto, mm-hmm. I think at a pretty low point for yourself. Mm-hmm. And then my mom passed away. And yeah. I, and so that's been like, you know, then the pandemic came. So it's been like three years. Yeah. It's been a while. Well, I'm glad, like, uh, what was that song? It's been a while. Who sang that? Oh, yeah, that's Who is that's that? a Can Rock classic. That's right up there with Daniel Romano and and the Space the Shits. Who is that? That's is that uh Disturbed? No, isn't that Nickelback? Oh no, you're right. It is Disturbed? I apologize. Yeah. I hear I'm taking credit for it. It's been <laughs> it's been actually your your fault. No, it's all you. It's like that. We can't pin that one on Canada. No, no. we can take a blame for we can we we have to shoulder the blame for Jordan Peterson. Yeah, Gavin McGinnis. Yeah, that's but Disturbed right. is on you. Disturb is our problem. Sorry to interrupt. I think it's stained. Stained. Oh, it's stained. It's stained. <laughs> Who knows? And One of them. Stained are from international waters, so they're nobody's problem and everybody's problem. <laughs> yeah, no one's claiming the stained. No. Now, Damien, big news today for the band Effed Up. Big news. N- new LP. A new. new... L- it's been a while. Speaking of it's been a while been a while since there's been a new effed up album yeah like a new full length it feels like we just keep putting out stuff but i don't know when you put out like a full length record i Mm -hmm. think there's a little more gravitas to it you know certainly when you're in the band you want to you know nothing has meaning till you give it meaning right so you want to give it some meaning so yeah yeah i don't know this this feels like and you know we started before the pandemic so it felt like it was never going to come out so it's it's weirdly surreal this Mm -hmm. time and now the record is called what now one day one day and it comes and I, out in january I think, the, I think the gimmick is we wrote it in one day 
<laughs> that's the, oh, that the gimmick. Uh-huh. That's not what you did. You didn't write the Well, I'm writing lyrics. So I I would say I spent 24 hours collectively Mm -hmm. writing the songs. And I'd say I spent 24 hours collectively singing the songs. But you've been up there yelling on stage with me, Tom. You know, you can't do 24 hours of that stuff. I see the toll it takes on you. It takes a toll. toll It takes a a toll on the throat. So I would say collectively over the course of, of many short recording sessions i did 24 hours well maybe not many but mm-hmm. three um and it's yeah like i'm, I'm really happy with the record like it's yeah. a it, it's a it feels like a, a strangely claustrophobic thing because it's all about being in toronto and and mm-hmm. songs about just being having to be back home for a while and not not jet setting around anymore yeah because that's one of the things that effed up was known for for the longest time was you guys played everywhere you played across the whole world we got we got out there you know Mm. like that's why when everything shut down during the the, those dark days of the pandemic i was kind of like you know as much as it scared me and bummed me out i was also like well i i feel like on a selfish level i did get to experience a lot of my travel Mm -hmm. and i'm like i'm completely content if Mm -hmm. i never get to play music again never write a song again never Mm -hmm. play a show again yeah but then after year one, it all no. came back. I believe like, in okay, that second year. You're I want like, to do all this again, please. You got the itch. Yeah. But it got must have been itch. nice to be with the family for that amount of time. Yeah, it was. And I really feel like it, it, one of the drawbacks of being in a band is that you lose so much time with the people you love. And I, and I do feel like I didn't know my kids in the same way I know them now. Like that, they're now, uh, I feel way closer to them. And I think uh, hopefully they feel way closer to me. Because, yeah, like I was, I was too busy playing uh, a punk rock star, mm-hmm. <laughs> that uh-huh. little little punk rock star, uh-huh. not turnstile level or anything. You're a punk rock star. No, uh, you're not a little punk rock star. You're a punk rock star, or oh, you're a that. star. You're just a star. I'll just round up star. Take the well, punk rock off of it. Only because you made me, Tom. Well, the best show was one of the oh. one of the first places that put. Turned, uh, put uh, effed up over or fucked up over. I can say now, yeah, you without can. uh, without you know, which, which, which felt like it was coming from like a real mm-hmm. different place. It wasn't like just our friends and mm-hmm. stuff, and it it was very validating. Like it's still, you know, it's still very validating for me. No, it's 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 always been a thrill to watch a band be as thrilling and ambitious as you all are. And you try things and it's been the, it's, it seems like it's the point of the band is that the, the band is whatever it is right now is what it is. Well, one thing I've been dying to talk to you about Mm -hmm. because I didn't get to ask you about this and I kind of text you about it, but we didn't get a chance to dive into it. What's your connection to one of the greatest bands ever from New Zealand? King loser. Oh, well, that's a great question, Damien. Thank you. Nobody ever asked me questions. Um, I got to know this one. I really, because this band is, I didn't really even know them. Jonah weirdly worked with the main guy in the band's brother. Chris Hazelwood. In England at an audio project yeah. that he did. Yeah. <laughs> Jonah from Fucked Up. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know about him until we went to New Zealand and kind of hearing them there. I was like, oh my God, this is mm-hmm. up there with the chills and the clean and the bats as one of the great bands from that. Yeah. Country. There was a band, King Loser, uh, uh, back in the early 90s. I was starting to put records out on my uh, record label that I ran called 18 Wheeler. And 
I knew a lot of uh, people from New Zealand and I reached out to say like, because there was the Flying Nun stuff and then there was Expressway, which was a, was a cassette label that was run by Bruce Russell from the Dead Sea. And they were kind of putting out the things that were a little more lo-fi, a little noisier, uh, like like the Dead Sea, one of the all-time great bands, like uh, Alistair Galbraith Records, Peter Jeffries Records. They were really mining that stuff. And so there was like this, there were different tiers of bands in New Zealand. I, I uh, started poking around and was told, yeah, Chris Hazelwood has a new band called King Loser. And they might be looking to put a, uh, some stuff out. And Chris Hazelwood is just a guitar monster. He's just a full-on top-notch guitar hero. And that record is great. And that band is great. And I I, um, I feel like they should have been much, much more appreciated than they were. But it's a real the, – the LP is amazing that they put out. Uh, yeah, I love them. I, that was, it was a pen pal phone call kind of thing. I never, never met them, but, um, uh, I love them. I think sadly, actually, they, I think they both passed away now, I believe. I am not sure Maybe. about that. Um, there's a documentary about them on YouTube that is quite sad because yeah, I, I guess that's the thing about New Zealand. Like it, it is punk and some of these people were living very close to the edge. Yes. There was a lot of. Uh, I don't know if I'm talking out of turn or not, but I think it was pretty public knowledge that mm -hmm. there was a lot of substance issues with that that version of the scene, which I believe was Christchurch, where they were they were a Christchurch band, I think. Not I, I sure. think we went like I don't know, maybe they were originally based from there, but when we actually played a venue, it mm -hmm. was in in Auckland, and right next okay. door was the apartment they lived at. Apparently, okay, all right, so venue. it might have been Auckland then. I'm I'm. I, but I, no, but they might have been Christchurch and just moved to sure. Auckland, right? Because yeah. it's like the I'm not sure because a lot of the bands were from Dunedin, mm -hmm. and uh, I think they might have been Christchurch. It uh, it's, sorry, go on. No, no, no. Hmm? No, hmm. I just I'm fascinated by that New Zealand stuff so much because it's just like like you're saying. There's not just the Flying Nun stuff. There's all the Dead Sea stuff, and there's all mm -hmm. like there's also like this weird little hardcore scene there. Like I went there and I was just. You know, I, I spent myself into my wife, Lauren asked what I want for Christmas that year. And I was just like forgiveness for all the uh, for, purchasing sins I've committed in New yes, Zealand. For the things I bought. I kind of was my own Santa. Yes, this year. exactly. Like, um, <laughs> now, this record is this is the first one. It's, and it's called One Day. Yes. And it comes out on Merge in January. And this is the first one you've written lyrics for in a long, long time. Yeah. Like I wrote a song, my mom, after my mom passed away, I wrote a song that was on a, actually New, uh, New Zealand, Australia only seven inch that we mm -hmm. did. Uh, but I, I kind of really did feel like I'd said all I wanted to say on Glass Boys. Like I was, okay. you know, and, and then Mike wrote um, the last record and, and brought it to me and was like, here, write lyrics to this. And mm -hmm. I was doing that wrestling TV show when we hung out that mm -hmm. time in New Jersey yes. before you were about and to fly to the Congo. Yeah. That was the craziest experience of my life. I feel like the person you saw in the airport that day, Tom, mm -hmm. and the person that came back yeah. from that trip to the Congo. So I saw the last to, day of that person. 
You saw the last day of okay. that person. Uh-huh. Like the really a very mm-hmm. different guy came back from that yeah. trip. But you were going. Yeah, to, I was. I, I was very checked out by that point. And you, you were covering wrestling all around the world. Yeah, for a part of a series for for Vice. Yeah, it was the dream. Like that was you know that was the dream gig. Mm-hmm. Like it was every day. I woke up and was just like, oh my gosh, I just get to go and watch wrestling all day. I don't have to mm-hmm. yell. I don't have to worry about how many tickets are sold. I don't yeah. have to like. You don't deal with a band. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, no. You got a pretty pretty amazing journey there. You got to explore. Um, So that person, uh, for all intents and purposes, died that day. You went to bed. You died in that hotel bed in Newark where we we met uh, that night. And then you got on a plane in Newark Airport and... Uh came back a new little baby yeah i died i think i died in the moment in kinshasa when i'm in this guy's uh mega church mm-hmm. and i'm told that i'm not allowed to leave unless i deliver a sermon by a very <laughs> large man with a gun mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm just like mm-hmm. yeah my innocence is gone like all my innocence from playing shows with the gilman and acting mm-hmm. hard and being crazy wow. on stage someone with a gun telling you to do something it mm-hmm. really uh just flips the script on you yeah, and I would imagine you did it. Oh, yeah, I did it. <laughs> I, I got up there, and it was like Jimmy Swagger meets Ric Flair. But mm-hmm. I, I like to say that I did keep it fairly agnostic okay. in my delivery. In the you were able to pull that off. I Look, yeah. I would have said whatever anybody wanted me to say. Be like, is that enough, sir? Do you want more? I can keep going. <laughs> you tell me, sir. When you're happy, I'm happy. Um, yeah, yep. Now, Dame, I'm here, so I'm happy. That's all that matters now. <laughs> so is 2023 going to be a whole lot of, of hitting the road again? Because you did the David Comes to Life tours, doing for the anniversary of that record. You got a new yeah. one coming out. You'll be you'll be back at it? Yeah, I don't know if you've been privy to this, Tom. I'm sure you have because you've got a lot of friends that are, mm-hmm. are in touring bands. But touring's harder now yeah, than I've been it was hearing. before. So mm-hmm. I think we are. But I think Fucked Up was was built for these times because we've always kept it pretty lean mm-hmm. as the band. So yeah. yeah, it's just going to be the five of us out in that little van, uh, doing it Amazing. and just, and just, you know, jamming the life of Kano as mm-hmm. Mike Watt says. Yeah. I love it. I'm excited for this. The, I, the song I heard, I guess it's the, the title track I heard that dropped today. Amazing. What an amazing oh, thank song! You. Thank and you. What a what a what a like a shot across the bow for what this record's gonna be. Well, it is a uh, yeah. Like I, I don't know. I'm very excited for this record. It's very different, and mm-hmm. I and I, I like I, I feel that because I'm doing different stuff with my voice. Okay, and I always predicted you know. it. It was gonna be <laughs> your Nashville skyline. I was waiting for you to find that new voice to be like. Because one day Dylan started going, lay, lady, lay, lay across <laughs> no, my big branch. Oh, no, don't worry. It's like, still, I still keep, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still, I'm not, I'm not up there. I'm not doing a cow from discharge. Okay. All right. You but people it's, uh, know it's, different. people will know it's you, but you're trying new things. Yeah. Yeah. Trying new things and just, you know, like you got to keep it fresh after all these years, right? We got to keep it fresh. Yeah. We got to keep it fresh. I'm trying here. We got video, got uh bands playing here. Danny what? Romano, like Dan- the, the, the homie. 
like from from Toronto. You're like I, I, I really us. feel like this is a watching you first hearing about mm-hmm. him on yeah. the show, yeah, and then discovering his music mm-hmm. and and sort of the genius of the Romano yeah. world. Mm-hmm. It's been awesome to kind of see how. Oh, it's been it's been so much fun and so exciting. And look, maybe we, maybe uh, 2023 get effed up uh, comes through does a little uh, show uh, set here. I, I would I would love to be back in L.A. I could do live in studio dabs, Tom. Yeah. Oh, please. I. There he goes with his flamethrower. What is that? A little torch? <laughs> it's a torch. It's it's great to have though, mm-hmm. because during the pandemic with mm-hmm. the kids, we would yeah. have to find fun activities, and making mm-hmm. s'mores is a great activity. Sure. And this mm-hmm. is a marshmallow toaster. That's all that is. It's just a marshmallow toaster. It's a marshmallow toaster. Nothing to more the kids. than that. Um, <laughs> Damien, I got. I still got some business to do here with some of these other callers. I wanted to get John to talk about the new record. Can't wait. Effed up coming back twenty twenty three. Look out, everybody! It's a thrill to talk to you again, and uh, I miss you, and I want to see you real soon. I miss you too, Tom. Thank you for okay, having buddy. me. It's it's an honor to be here. And I oh. love I love the new and improved best show. Oh, you're sweet. And I will uh I will see you soon. All right. Thanks, buddy. Bye, buddy. Uh, that's awesome. Damien checking in. Now I gotta take this call from this fella here. Hello, best show. Hello. 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 Hi. To whom am I speaking? And and Dudio, can you come in? To whom am I speaking? Uh, uh, this is old butterscotch. Old butterscotch. What's up? Hey Tom. I, it said open phone, so I thought I would call it and just let you know that I um, I totally uh, uh, got in an argument with my boss and I walked out on my job. Really? What do you argue about with your boss? Oh, about how she's, you know, bullies people and is not a nice person and that kind of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And then that was enough. Did you did you get yeah. uh the are you not work there anymore? Oh, I think it's gonna be fine. She's she's like she's kinda on her way out and there's been a lot of complaints about her and uh anyway I wrote her I I just I left rather than get a getting a big I I was de-escalating by mm-hmm. you know getting out of the situation but you know things have been coming to a head I I sent a, a, a an eleven hundred word essay to HR to tell them my side of the story so we'll see what happens but I think I'm going to be okay okay well look I'm sorry you had a big uh, a big uh, kerfuffle what can you do what can you do. What can you do? I picture you, 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 if you get in an argument with your boss, just remember one thing. Ask yourself, how, how bad do I need this job, really? Just say yourself. Before you get, before you start tussling, just say to yourself, how bad do I need this job? And then yeah. you walk it right to the bleeping line of where you can. You don't need that job that much. It's party time. Time to mess with this. <laughs> time to mess with this douche. Yeah, that's it. It was it, right. It was kind of party time tonight, Tom. It was party time. Kind of okay. the, the, mo- the moment. The moment. The party had gotten started. The the uh, 
you know, they were inflating the balloons, turning mm-hmm. out, turning on the lights, and it was it was time. Well, I says this to you, old butterscotch. I'm proud of you. You stood up to a bully today. I hope we can sort it out with HR. I hope you and HR can sort it out. And if you don't, then you go get that newspaper, start circling ads, want ads. Then maybe you find a nice luncheonette that has a sign in the window. You take it out of the window and bring it to the counter. Like they do in the old movies, say, uh, cook wanted and you go and you take the sign out of the window and bring it up as if why are they bringing as if like I want this job you bring the sign to the person I want this job you mean the sign in my window you get to take that don't touch my sign you won't be needing this sign anymore the perfect candidate has just uh, that's exactly it you won't be needing this sign anymore what if you took the sign out of the window and just ripped it in half and then said, yeah, you don't need oh, to sign no that's more. Confidence. That's confidence. Isn't that the kind of confidence that they're looking for in a, in a candidate, that kind of can-do attitude? Yeah. And then you say to them for like if it's cook wanted, they go, okay, you got the job. Then you just first thing I would say in that thing, I'd say, now which one's a hamburger again? Is it the two one shaped like a tube or the one shaped like a circle? Which one's a hamburger? And they're like, oh, no. We just gave this job to an idiot. <laughs> He's not sure what a, which one's a hamburger and which one's a hot dog. Oh. I, what if, uh, well, what if you get the cook job and your boss ends up being uh, Bud Court in heat? I got to say this. You're never going to believe this. I've never seen heat. Wow. Yeah. Wait, wait, what? You heard me. Don't act like it's that shocking. It's- okay, it's a, bi- a big time movie I never saw before. But wait, wait, all what? Right, all right. Did you read Heat 2? I, I read I Heat 2. You read Heat 2. Good, so good. I read Heat 2 and enjoyed that very much. I was a little confused in spots because yeah. I didn't know who anyone was. Right. I kept going, ooh, I think this is Robert De Niro. Ooh, I, no, I think yeah. this one is him. Which one of these guys is Heat? Yeah. When's Heat show up? <laughs> and I brought it back as Heat. There's nobody named Heat. I brought it back to the Barnes and Nobles. There's nobody named Heat in this thing. <laughs> there's supposed to be two people named Heat, and there's not even one. Heat two. What if you thought it was? <laughs> what if you thought it was a sequel to uh, The Heat with Sandra Bullock and uh, and uh, what's her name? Well, I'm not that stupid. Old Butterscotch, God bless you, but that insulted me. Get off yeah, my phone. That's... All right. No, Jason Dudio Gore. Yeah. You have something on deck. I do. For the show. I do. I don't want to burn it, though. You don't want to burn it. I don't want to. I want to savor it and celebrate it. You don't think we could savor it and celebrate it? Do you think we could with three minutes to go? Yeah, I think we could get there. Seriously? Yeah, let's do you it. You want it to be the final or, thing in the show tonight? Or do we do it next week? Because next week's a huge show. Do we just do that? Do we have a, 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 a the logo for what's coming up next week on the show? Look at all this fuzz from my uh, dog's blanket. Look at that. Look at that. Looks that great sh- on camera. I think that shirt is a dog's blanket. I, it, it was. Yeah. I think you I was like, oh, that, that wear that. Yeah. 
Do we have a, a thing to I've put up? I've got it. You want me to put it up? Let's put it up and let everybody's heads explode when they see what next week's best show is. Ooh. Look at that. Boom. Look at that. Right? That looks great. What do you think about that? Rob Halford. Rob Halford. Rob bleepin' Halford. And black lips in studio. Black lips in studio. You What's tell me we're not. You think we're messing around oh, here. You no. know these other podcasts? They all do. Hey, da, da, da. That's all they do. That's all they do. They just yeah. make that sound. Just, uh, That's their the, promo. You hear these other podcasts and just be like, oh, I, uh, what'd you do today, man? Oh, I went and I got a sandwich. <laughs> oh, whoa, that's effed up, man. <coughs> yeah. That's it. They don't have no Rob Halford. They don't have Rob Halford. Metal legend. Metal legend Rob Halford. Yeah. So let's, okay, we'll save it for next week then. It's we'll a big show. I, we'll want your thing it. To, I want your thing Rip those cards up and put a third card up that says <laughs> Dudio's thing. Well, Pat made those cards, so. <laughs> no, rip them no, up. No, rip them up. Rip them up. Rip them up and write Dudio's thing also. Yeah. No, it'll be next week. We'll, we'll do it next week. I want a little post-it at a 45 degree angle. Says, <laughs> and Dudio's. Dudio's thing. No, I don't want to. I don't want to disgrace. No, we'll life. do it. It'll be like fun. Cramming something in the last minute. Yeah, no, God, no. Rushed and I get it. And then enjoy it. Yeah. No, we'll do it. We'll do it next week. Yeah. Do you know what comes out before we'll do it next week, though? What? The Four Horsemen. Oh, that's right. What is the Four Horsemen? But what is the best show? Four Horsemen edition. You say. Well, it's it's a version of the show from when we were in pandemic and we were mm -hmm. it came out of out of doing what we had to do to just keep the show going. Everybody was in a different place and we all zoomed in me, Jason, Mike, Pat Four, the four horsemen. And we would talk, we'd take calls, but it was very it was much more conversational than mm -hmm. the usual best show. And we're doing those now. We did. We recorded one yesterday yeah. that will go up sometime late this week. Late this week. Late this week. A best show, Four Horsemen, goes up two hours. Great topic. What's the first R-rated movie you saw? And the only place you get that, my friends, patreon.com slash the best show. That's Patreon bonus content. You're not going to get it anywhere else. Patreon.com slash the best show. That's where you get it. And, and that, guys, we have, uh, I know we got to end the show, but just uh, wanted to tip you off here. We got eight states total that are left. That are okay. left over. Okay. All right. This is what I'm going to say. Next week. This is the order of the best show. You ready? Start off with, uh, I come on, I say a few opening comments and a few <laughs> funny uh, quips and asides. Is AP Mike here? Mike? I'm here, Tom. Oh, there he is. And this is the, this is the thing I want to tell y'all. If you ever hear somebody, this, this is like bleeping Tom Brady, this guy, AP Mike. <laughs> He's the Tom Brady of the best show. Everybody says, ah, Mike. He lost this step. I say, no. 
He's reinventing himself. This guy's at the highest level. <laughs> okay. This guy's at the highest <laughs> level. All right. No, no, he's no. Got, take it, Mike. He's take got, it, Mike. He's got okay. Egg yeah. Foo What, which is his uh-huh. hit. And it's a hit. It's a hit, this podcast. He has a show where he, re- him and his friend uh, Doug Daniels review. <laughs> Doug's the best. What's his name? <laughs> Greg Wilson. Greg Wilson, not Doug Daniels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mike <laughs> and Greg Wilson review different items on Chinese food menus. They've had guests. They've had uh, Brett Davis has been on. Who else, Mike? Uh, we had a competitive eater, Jeff Esper. Je- the competitive eater. <laughs> The guy I know from, know from Bayonne, Jim Murphy. Jim Murphy, the the <laughs> photographer, Jim Murphy. Yeah. Wow, you're booking left and right there, man. <laughs> and I want to say this. Uh-huh. Notice my uh, my invite uh, must have gotten lost in the mail. Yeah, I'm, I've never been asked either. Uh-huh. Well, he doesn't. Do you have a particular dish you'd like to that. be slotted for, Tom? Mike, you tell me. You're the host. You're what the is host what of... is your favorite go to for Chinese food? Yeah. Spicy, something spicy shrimp. Spicy shrimp. Like a spicy type shrimp dish, whether it would be a, a like a shrimp with chili. Mm-hmm. I always enjoyed that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Salt and, I think that... uh, salt and pepper shrimp. I like oh, that. That can one. be worked that's out. That's a good one. Well, Mike, I didn't think I'd have to come to this. <laughs> yeah. But desperate times call for desperate measures. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mike, yeah. Can I please be on it <laughs> for what? <laughs> you most certainly can, oh, Tom. Oh, oh, oh. I, I will say this: your, your review. I'll, I'll, my analytics team mm-hmm. came to me after your fabulous review on the mm-hmm. best show. Yeah, I mean, you doubled the numbers. So, God bless. Uh, God it's bless the you. least I can do. Okay, to have, to have you on, on the show. <laughs> Somebody just said in the chat. It's the egg food bump. <laughs> so we did just do our longest show. You you mm-hmm. predicted a yeah. an hour and forty five minute show. <laughs> there you go. And, this is the funniest thing. It yeah. all starts from there. It started. Mike starts a show, and I hear at the beginning, he's like, "We're gonna do short shows. It's gonna be snappy." <laughs> I said, "This one ain't gonna be this. No, but this one's gonna grow and grow." I could hear it. I could hear. I could hear that there was more to say in each episode. That when you started to explore. The ta- a full a full subject and go down yeah. the side roads you want to go down and all that stuff. This show ain't going to be short. We tried. Uh, yeah, I had to, you have to pony up more money for the longer uh, Zoom meetings. Yeah. So that's what it was. I I, I was still mm-hmm. doing it for free in those early mm-hmm. ones. So you're getting bounced after an hour. Well, I, no, I think it's forty less minutes. Than that. It's like forty minutes. Forty minutes. minutes. 40 minutes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you can just go right back on and then just edit them together. See, I wasn't even that savvy. You think this guy's got time for that? 80 minutes. This guy's got places to be. He's Do it again. You get 120 minutes. Yeah. But then, yeah. you know, I, I felt like, okay, yeah, this is going all right. I'll I'll pony up. The, I yeah. mean, it's not expensive. It's like 80 bucks for the year or something. Yeah. Yeah. Mike. Yeah. I'm going to send you 80 bucks. <laughs> I'm going to be the first sponsor of Egg for What? <laughs> I'd be like the Helena Helena Rubinstein at the end of those PBS things. <laughs> <laughs> I want to think. Egg foo what is is uh, egg foo what is made possible by a generous donation 
from from the Tom Sharpling Foundation and people like you and viewers like you. That's all I ask. One. One. I only want it once. I can do that. 80 bucks. Keep your eyes peeled for that. 80 smackers. 81. I'm even going to go 81. Wow. You, okay, you made your, a profit. Go get yourself a pack of uh, juicy fruit. How about curry shrimp with onion? Have you ever tried that? I'm not big on curry no, stuff. Okay. Spicy shrimp with peanuts? Some I would do that. I would do spicy shrimp with peanuts. Are you okay. looking at the menu right now? I, of course I am. Okay. <laughs> I don't have it memorized. Uh, I thought shrimp maybe with garlic sauce. We, we sort of did. No, we did broccoli with garlic sauce. But uh, Mike, you know my parameters. Spicy shrimp sounds like uh, spicy that's shrimp sounds like a way to go. We'll figure it out. Of course, um, Greg won't eat it because he claims he's allergic to it, but he's not really allergic to it. He just tells people that, so they don't. He just give doesn't him shrimp. like it. He just doesn't <laughs> like it. I worked with a guy who would always tell people uh, we'd be at lunch. It was a writer. I'm not going to name their name, but they would be like, "I'm allergic to butter." Like, first of all, you're allergic to butter. <laughs> He's like, I say that because I don't want butter on my stuff. <laughs> so I tell him I'm allergic to butter. Yeah. That's Craig's move. It's like, well, they should they should take you to a lab like E.T. then. Because <laughs> this sounds like something that needs to be analyzed. Yeah. You should make him eat a shrimp in front of you, like on camera, and just have like a shrimp in one hand and an EpiPen in the other hand. I mean, I ate, I ate uh, peanut butter on uh, notch, uh, Doritos. That's Oof. the least he could do. I don't like Oof. that at all. Dude, oh. doesn't like that, and he, he does these snack reviews. I eat the worst stuff in... Worst garbage that these oh companies have come God. up with. He eats. I'll put it all in my mouth, but I'm not yeah. doing that. I think uh, Dudio's episode's materializing right now. I'll put Dudio. him up against Greg. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this is what I'll say about what you just said, Dudio. We'll snack off. Dudio will eat anything for the show, <laughs> but he won't eat that peanut butter on a Dorito. I, I'm going to cut this out. I'm going to put it in the video. Well, I'm going to sue you. Well, I know. I know. I'm going to. I'll call <laughs> I'll my, lawyer. my lawyer right yeah, after I lawyer. do probably, it. You're going to slap me with some fair use thing. Yeah, oh, it's, it's total fair use. Yeah, well, we'll let the Supreme Court decide. Yeah. I'm friends with uh, Ginny Thomas. There you oh, go. Look at that. Is. Oh, now wonderful. Studios thing. Um, everybody, we got to wrap it up. Fun show tonight. Wand playing a killer live set. Loved it so much. Kid Congo Powers talking all about his new book. Amazing book. Uh, some new kind of kick. Uh, Damien from Effed Up checking in. New album comes out in January. One day. There's a song. Uh, they released a song from it today. Check it out. But next week, Black Lips, Rob Halford, Dudios, <laughs> and more. Thanks for listening. I will uh, say goodnight, and we'll be back next week. Bye-bye. The Best Show is produced in partnership with the Forever Dog Podcast Network. The show is hosted by Tom Sharpling and features John Worcester, Jason Gore, Pat Byrne, and Michael Lisk. 
The show is produced and written by Jason Gore, Pat Byrne, Michael List, John Worcester, and Tom Sharpling. The best show is executive produced by Tom Sharpling, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. The show is engineered and mastered by Andrew Gleason, website and technical support provided by Martine Sellis, and the show is recorded at Forever Dog Studios in Los Angeles. Support The Best Show on Patreon over at patreon.com slash thebestshow and follow us on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram over at Best Show for Life. That's Best Show number four, Life. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>